This podcast is sponsored by Shred Lights. Shred Lights make the most versatile flashlights in the world. They can easily be attached to any EUC, skateboard, bike helmet, scooter, one wheel, e-bike, and much more. These pocket-sized lights pack a ton of power in a small form factor to go where other lights can't. They are rider-owned and operated and known for industry-leading customer support with 25,000 riders around the world who trust their products for their daily riding. So please check out this sponsor in the description below for a discount and to support this podcast. And now on to our guest, Chris from Everywhere. I said, I need to figure out how to defend you as you're approaching the goal, but I'm in front of you. You yeah. know what I mean? I wasn't sure how to go about to a, to a, to a protect my goal, but also get the ball from your control. So there's, there's tons of strategy, even when it comes to like arcs. One of the things is, is it's a lot of arcs in it. So you're, you're doing a lot of turns and you're arcing kind of around the, the court because that's the nature of EUCs, correct? The good thing about it is, is as you're coming up against your opponent, you can kind of determine, okay, he's able to arc at this angle. So if I come, I'm gonna come around this way and he's not gonna be able to you know, uh, intercept me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the real fun part about it. It's the mental. It's almost like playing chess a little bit or even being like a samurai and kind of like, you know, planning out your attack. Like I'm gonna come this yeah. way and then come this way and he's not gonna be able to make that turn because you know, you just can't turn that fast in the UC. Welcome back everybody to the Evolution Podcast. My name is Mickey and today I have with me Chris from Everywhere. If you are not aware of what that is, uh, that is one of the few uh, brands that exist in the EV space, making some dope clothing and hosting some dope events. Um, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. I know on? I'm like acting. We know each other. It's so, <laughs> it's so formal. We know each other quite well. Yeah. What's so up? formal. So, you know, originally when I started riding, I met you and Rue who uh, we kind of started riding. I don't, I, I don't know how much earlier you were riding than me. Cause we didn't really like hang out. When yeah. We first started you riding. met Rue first. I remember Rue mentioning you, um, I wasn't doing yeah. any like group rides or group events at that time. I was just kind of riding by myself or just me and Rue in the park. Right. Uh, and I think we met at the Z10 demo. Uh, yeah, probably. I so then on, we kind of started to hang out a little bit. And then you two actually started kind of the uh, beginnings of, of everywhere. Yeah. So uh, Rue Williams is an amazing dude, super talented. And he lived down the street from me, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Me being at work and, and just being obsessed with this new device that I had bought and figured out how to ride. And I was obsessed with it. I was like, this is amazing. This is life changing. So it was always on my mind. And um, one day at work, I just made like a little pocket zine. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I took it back to like the super Bushwick hipster days and I made a little pocket zine. And uh, it mostly featured just like tech wear, um, like things that I thought that I might have needed and writing like you know i was like oh i should get like this and that i made like a little mini catalog and a lot of photos of lewis hamilton yes because at that time like if you looked up unicycles it wasn't really like he saw anybody riding them or any pictures they all looked kind of like those infomercial ads for like a bouncy ball or like you know it was like very like businessman -y, upright well, well that too but it was but you know very cartoony or like nickelodeon products you know what i mean where it's like mm. They're advertising it like a pogo stick or something. Very, yeah, very cheesy. It wasn't very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But Lewis Hamilton's photos, like, so I'd always, like, and I was a big fan of uh, F1. So you'd always see him in, like, the paddock, like, riding around by all the, like, Mercedes trucks, walking his dogs right. on, like, a 9-bot. He was a big 9-bot user. So 
that's how it started. I made a little pocket zine and uh, one day we were riding. I was like, yo, check this, this, this little zine I made. And he was like, dope. And I named it everywhere. And uh, it was very like a normcore kind of feeling to it. And Rue is a person that once he gets interested in something, he kind of like jumps right in. Mm. You know what I mean? He just, he just attacks it right away. And next thing I know, like he designed a new logo and like, all these things. And he's like, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I was just like, whoa, dude, I made a pocket scene. <laughs> I was like, I haven't really thought about this. So big shout out to him. Like, thank you so much for, for his hand and everything and, and his uh, enthusiasm in the EV space in general. Yeah. And then I think like over time, like we all kind of like, we're just became friends and like riding around all the time. Like as any of us in New York, it just became not so much the brand yet, but like the, the wheels just became all consuming. I think like, yeah, it became all consuming. Definitely. Um, I mean, I remember spending like nights in Rue's like basement, taking them apart and trying to fix like the pedal hangers and like (laughs) all these different things, cutting, cutting uh, pads out and, making uh fenders and going to canal plastic locally and just grabbing all this stuff like right there and crossing the bridge a million times <laughs> right yeah i mean uh and then after that it was like somewhere along the way it was like i was sort of integrating in with sort of the stuff you guys are doing with everywhere and then i mean eventually rue moved away um and then we kind of basically kind of took the reins here in new york yeah um well, well um yeah, actually, we, we, we kind of had, like, a, a big hand at a lot of things that kind of, like, came into this space, really. I mean, Rue was one of the ones, uh, or is the first one to develop a bumper for any of the unicycles. That's right. Um, he, was a, he was big into, like, 3D modeling and just tinkering with stuff. So he modeled up those bumpers and just threw them out there for you guys. And that was really dope of him. Um, like, light. He was trying all kinds of crazy stuff with his wheel, man. Even with the Tesla he had before, he was always just, like, rigging things up. And I think his riding uh, was more adventurous than us at the time. His riding at that time is still more adventurous than us. I mean... No. Dude, he was always, like, in the park, trying to ride up, like, weird hills, doing a lot of, like, off-road stuff in yeah, Brooklyn. Sure. That like And on snow, remember? And on, on snow. snow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was always more into the nature side of it within our city like doing as much as he can in that space remember going to prospect park Mm -hmm. and we were trying to do the trails there and they were all muddy and yeah everything else going up stuff back then none of us had uh that much that high powered of wheels so it was it was a bit of a challenge to do certain like i think then yeah soon after you guys got msx yeah yeah, msx is is that sounds weird msxi msxe (laughs) (laughs) multiple msx uh and then you that I had like a 18 XL or something back then. I think you went from the 14 D you got a 16 S remember the 16 S the silver yeah, one. Yep. 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 Um, you didn't really ride that much because right when you got the 16 S, I believe that's when they announced the 18, it was 18 L cause it wasn't yeah. the XL yet. I had a weird, yeah. So I got the 18 L and then it was like, uh, Jason was like, Oh, <laughs> King Kong pulled a Gotway. And they were like, we have an XL like a yep. week later. Well, actually it was funny. Cause that generation. So remember when they were launching those wheels, it was like, they had all these crappy wheels. It was like this, the Tesla had just come out. So I was like the new kid on the block and it kind of brought some new things. Yeah. I remember Tashawn was like, it was like the hottest wheel. It was the hottest wheel. Everybody was cutting out. What's his name in Miami? Like broke his Ron's shoulder. World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that. Mm-hmm. Um, see, these are names. Some of you new guys, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know these. Ron's world. Ron's world. Is he still doing videos? No, no, no. no. I'm sure he's still riding around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to him. The the guys in Miami, I think, 
have never met him, I really? want to say. Wow. Yeah. Well, shout outs to him, man. You kind of got me started. One of the greatest bit. crash videos ever. Yeah, one of the, exactly. He got, he, he, his crash video actually made me approach EUCs in a more cautious way. I mm. think, I think, because at that time, his was like the first like big major one that was on film and everything, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, it seemed that way. And I don't, I have, I mean, we have to watch it again. Maybe I'll put it up in the, uh, here, I'll put it up in the edit so people can see it. Uh, but I remember when I saw the video, it was like, now thinking back on it back then i didn't i just thought like oh crazy he went so fast he crashed that's right. all i thought now i'm like well, why, why wasn't he trying to listen for the beeps like what was this guy doing you know like now we have this huge respect yeah. for the beeps huge right? respect for the beeps and and it really put a lot of respect for the beeps at that time for me i had only cut out like once and that was when we had our 14 inch wheels mm -hmm. we were chasing that biker on oh the, that's a great story we were chasing that biker on the on flushing was it flushing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. actually right out front of the navy yard right out front of the navy yard yeah so we're so here's the story so we're riding on the bike lane in brooklyn the three of us are riding just again we're like on slow wheels casually riding and then uh Having a conversation yeah i think so we were like semi-distant i think rubes but, in front of us and mm -hmm. it was like you and i we were just like speaking or something or no, i was in the back you were in the back and i was yeah. speaking to rue in front right so um anyway so we're riding and we do this like turn around onto flushing and then like i hear a guy behind me like making noise, it, indistinguishable noise. He's making some kind of guttural sounds, right? <laughs> like like animal what sounds, screaming. What is this? And, and then he like screams, like banshee screams into my ear, like in my ear. And I was like, whoa. And then he fishtails me with his bike and hits me. And I was this close to like eating shit, you know? And then I was like, yo. And you're like, what? I'm like, this dude just hit me on his bike. You're like, like what, dude? I'm like, that one. And then you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then I like take after the dude. I'm just, I'm just, because I'm a biker, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. looking at this like, oh, dude, I'm on something electric. I could just like sit here at like 22 and eventually he's going to tire out and then we're just going to kick this guy's ass, right? Meanwhile, we had been riding like for a good portion of the day <laughs> and my wheel was what, 340 watt hour at the time? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So I'm chasing this dude and like, sure enough, I cut out at like 25 miles an hour. It's I was like, tear, he cut out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared I was going to get run over. It was like all dark. We had no lights or anything Yeah, at the thankfully time. it's not a very populated driving street at that yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, you were like just went and then i just remember seeing you just in that moment of like the gyro's dead but you were kind of hanging there yeah dude it actually self it didn't self-balance but i guess like my position because i was kind of in this locked like i thought i was if locked you were 22. fat it wouldn't have gone oh, that no. way but yeah you were like perfectly on on the axle i free coasted then, for a little bit and then i was like you know what it's time for me to get off this i thing. think i think you did pretty well all i ran considered. it off i got a couple steps before I before I dove into my uh, my wrist guards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. those definitely saved you. Yeah, they did. Thank you for those. Uh, I'm, ironically, though, Rue was on the faster wheel at the time, right? And, and could have done something. I think he just didn't. It, it, it didn't was behind him. Didn't yeah, yeah. And then that's when we all started talking about what kind of um, protective prote gear. <laughs> no, no, no. We started talking about what what kind of weapons we could carry. Oh, right. And I had like this obsession with Road Rash at that time. And I was just like, yo, remember Road Rash? And like, it was mm -hmm. like reminding me of that game. And then we were talking about like uh, packing like pipes and, and chains and stuff. Well, because our fixed gear community here is really aggressive. I was, you know, a big part of that. It's a lot of like oh, yeah. crust punk kids and stuff like that. So they don't give two shits, man. And they're all like yelling at us, especially as like these things first came out. They had no respect whatsoever. We were like, okay, so if we have one of those like, um, supreme mini bats in a court of law could i <laughs> right. pass this off as i just had a, a toy on me <laughs> like dude this is just hype gear what are you talking about it's yeah part of my drip yeah and then uh yeah safety gear 
but you know, those were like sort of the early days and then, um, but yeah, so t talk about a little bit your background before UC. So you mentioned you, I mean, both of us actually used to, not together. No. I used to ride a fixed bike, but I was pretty solo. Like I, I wasn't in the scene. Like I rode it around broken all the time. I was probably more hipster than like, you know, no, I was super punk. hipster, man. Um, but yeah, so I had that bike and I would, I would just pretty, you know, singular but you rode around with a lot of people did a lot of stuff so tell us about your yeah, fixie days it's kind of funny so um my fixed gear days actually i got introduced to fixed gear bikes through my obsession with motorsports so yeah. I, you know i do a lot of autocross and a lot of other things with cars and um i had just wrecked my car i wasn't sure what i was going to do with myself and i think i came across like carbon fiber bike wheels and I was like, yo, they make bike parts out of carbon fiber. And then I started looking more into that. Like that kind of just like fueled my curiosity. And at that time, like fixed gear bikes were getting big. So well, they were actually like getting big, but I think people like online, at least like on forums and like different groups that I was in, people were kind of interested into like these bikes that they were building, you know, like a lot of, it's very interesting how a lot of cultures kind of like uh, collide or like overlap like a lot of car guys are also into sneakers and a lot of car guys are also into fashion or they're also into like hmm. building little weird mini bikes and they hang out at cars and coffee on sunday and you're, like, you're in a parking lot but then like your car's parked so you're just like riding around on a bicycle and like checking things out but your bicycle has to be dope too you know what i mean right, right, right. <laughs> so it kind of like all kind of overlaps it's like it's like a big like i guess men's fashion show of some sorts or whatever you want to call it but um so yeah, so then I started riding fixed gear a lot. That scene got big. I ran a, a forum called PDL New York. We did group rides and stuff. We worked with a lot of different like local companies here. And it's actually some of the some of the guys that I rode with and were my closest friends in that scene are actually in this scene now. Mm. And some of them being prominent guys, like remember Mackie? Mm -hmm. So Mackie is now working with light speed bikes and building you know the That's fastest right. Suron batteries. And uh, I think it's kind of just like a pedigree you come from you do know you what I mean? do you think so taking mackie as the example do you think him specifically uh we would show up and like meet him for a few minutes here and there i'm sure you probably hung with him more outside of that but usually on our evs do you think that sparked his Actually, curiosity towards it or was he already kind of into he it? was already in it oh, okay. so you know oh, wait, um, he had an e-board right he had an e-board okay. he was riding boosted uh yeah. and so that's a funny thing like um mackie you know he goes you know scenes blow up or whatever people fall off and he went and did his thing i was actually hit by a car broke my shoulder so i ended up kind of like doing my whole rehab thing and, and kind of trying out different areas of life and um you know i started riding my evs and he kind of just hit me up on instagram i was like yo i got this boosted you know we we chatted a bit he was still working at the bike shop so we would swing by the bike shop whenever we were on the west side and crossing over you know across town we'd swing by and say what's up and like he, I think he was one of the first shops doing like tire changes on EVs, just because he was like, "Man, eh, I'll try it." Like some girl came in with a nine bot, and she's like, "Hey, I got a flat tire. Like I don't know what to do." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't even know what this is, but whatever, I'll figure it out." And and he did. And he charged like forty five bucks. I was like, "Dude, really? That's cheap." I think it was like you know forty five dollars now. At the time. Oh, I'm sure he knows better now. But at that time, he's like, "Yeah, forty five dollars." Mackie, if you're listening, these guys now charging like a buck fifty for a tire change. Hey, you know what though? It's a fair price. Buck fifty? I think so. Well, not a buck fifty. I'd say a hundred bucks. A buck fifty is a lot, but a hundred dollars for a tire change, I think that's a fair price. Every repair guy is yelling at us <laughs> right now. Wasn't it came out of his mouth, not mine. Hey, it came out of my mouth. I'm cheating. I, I actually haven't replaced a tire. My my MSX is untouched. 
I never even had to open it to plug it in. I got it from Green Fashion, and it was just like... I feel you there, but what you're neglecting to tell the audience is... <laughs> is what? Uh, you had to go find a neoprene <laughs> cover to keep it together. I didn't have to. That was optional, bro. That was optional. Yo, your batteries were falling out. Well, <laughs> Literally. Blame the BMW. The shell, the shell, <laughs> shell is cracked. It's been through in a lot, In a weird way, bro. though. It's not split. No. It's the side piece of the MX MSX shell of just come loose it's, it will you know it's it's taken a couple tumbles and so eventually those uh those little grommets let go but but it's like no like plastic split right on the so it's not that a lot of msx guys know what we're talking about it didn't split down the middle no isn't it like it's, a, it's right where, where the, the battery grommets in, are on that battery cover yeah so we like split okay. right there yeah yeah um and then yeah so you after your accidents you kind of relaxed and, and just fell out of that yeah, yeah. so I, f I fell out of that i mean mostly doing rehab but you know i was like oh i'm just gonna hit the gym really hard and then like i'll come back into the scene and, and i did that but then when i came back into the scene i i could not keep up at all <laughs> i couldn't keep up and in my head because I'm thinking, of your injury or just people I, was just, had advanced? I, I was just out of shape people had advanced a lot of people were actually moving to like, like uh road bikes which i wasn't really interested in doing i kind of just wanted to keep a street thing and you know run around yeah i kind of like had a lot of pride in chasing down roadies wearing cut off like jean shorts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just with no, with no grip tape on my bars, just being like a hooligan. Back then, you following uh, the guy that does Hotline? So I, I follow Hotline now. I don't know okay. if he was doing it back at the then, time that yeah. I was right. Like, there wasn't really a lot of fixed gear content and video was Terry, grimy. His name, I think. You know, it was, it, was, it was all like low quality video that was coming out. MASH was like the first company to put out uh fixed gear like skate video if you want to mm -hmm. call it that and that was a big event man that was a big deal in new york city the new york city bike scene i remember because i started riding fixies back when i was in college like uh in florida and there would just be like the, the big critical mass yeah it would happen mass. in orlando and it was like this massive thing and like it was always like none of my other friends at college knew what the heck it was my hipster friends were yeah. like all into it I, I don't know i don't know if critical mass still goes on but I mean, if it doesn't like we might be the closest version of that right now. We every, might need to bring that yeah, back. Every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's actually really interesting when we run across a bunch of other like gas powered stuff in the city too. It's weird. Part of me is like, this is interesting and cool. This like weird, like clashing of worlds, but I'm also kind of like, okay guys, this is disgusting. I can't, I it's, can't It's hang. so loud. Like when we meet up with the gas powered. You're always guys. mad at the, the, I'm always mad at the smell. Oh, I love the smell. The smell of gasoline, nah, oil and nah. everything else. I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm a motorhead, so that's I, like Maybe something. I feel guilty, you know, in the moment. I'm just like, I'm on an EV. I can't smell <laughs> gas right now. <laughs> nah, I'm all about the smelling of all that two stroke oil and everything else. But, uh, the, the noise. I don't know how they take it. It's wild. It's so wild. And they're like yelling at each other and communicating. I can't even hear them. And they're like, yeah, make it. And also like for me, when we are on our EVs and we're riding around them behind them, whatever, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, like with their riding patterns. Yeah. So I'm a little chill. I'm laid back. Like, I'm not going to be like pulling up right next to them. Like as if it was you, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. I don't know when they're just going <laughs> to. Right. I, I got a little crazy the last ride we did um, with Kev. Were you at the last one? Mm -hmm. And we got lost. And were you with us when we met up with all those guys in the dirt bikes? Yeah, like that's happened week? a few times. Yeah, I got a little crazy. I jumped in a bike lane. I was kind of chasing after him, but I was I like admit any behind of them. I, I really should. <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw them, and I guess it just described. I, I'm like super cautious. I mean, one of the things that I maybe shouldn't pride myself on, but I'm like, when do you see me crash? 
Never. I've like actually, my I don't only I've real seen you go down. big crashes are when someone hit me. Yeah. Like right, and first time was like another EV guy. Another time was like on the on the Brit Manhattan Bridge. The, the ice. Yeah, yeah, that, that dope. Yeah. Um, but I. I'm not saying I'm a perfect rider or the most aggressive. No, you're cautious, or the, and you, and you, you know, make I, you're yeah. smart about the decisions you make in traffic. You're I'm never gonna going. be known as the fastest guy. No, because I'm choosing to just be chill when I need to be chill. Right, right, right. No, I'm never gonna be that guy either. I also just take like a different route. And for me, like my riding style is very, um, is very skatey. So I kind of like to keep it in the 25 to 30 range. You know, I actually like stopping at lights because then you can kind of like talk to people you see a couple women walking by you know what i mean it's like hey, what's yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's the fun part of it you and always talk about that yeah it's the fun part of it because it's kind of like the coolest thing about evs is like kind of when you're flying up and you know you're not going to make it and you hit that break but then you kind of like cut through and you loop around two cars it looks super impressive like a lot of pedestrians love that shit you know what i mean it's like you scare yeah. them and they're like ah, <laughs> you know or, yeah i, I like to put on a show sometimes so I was thinking about that the other day. I was pushing like my kid in the stroller to daycare the other day and there was a car, it was a red light, but mm -hmm. there was like cars coming down DeKalb or something over in Bed-Stuy and like his rate of slowing down in his brain was probably fine. Right. But as a pedestrian, I felt like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And people definitely always feel that with us. Definitely. And I know in my head, I'm always like, annoyed lady, with like them right because i'm like i have complete like symbiotic control oh, they have no idea thing. right they don't even know so i was like for i had this perspective moment when i was like that's probably what they feel because but to be fair i'm not a massive like truck or a car i'm just like right. a human standing oh, upright a human person flying down the street at 30 miles an hour is going to cause a lot of damage yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of damage but so it's, what it's, i'm talking about is when we're actively slowing down to a red light and someone's still like ah. but do we actively slow down we kind of do it really late we're kind of jerks about it when i'm not in a group <laughs> ride i'm stopping at almost every red light that hits me like right. if there's like a gray or like oh, it's about to turn red yeah i'm, I'm gonna no go i stop it. at every light i just i just stop at every light in a very like i've arrived kind of way you know what i mean <laughs> like the time i ghost rid my unicycle into that family yeah 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 something like that um, there was a crash too. That's another one. Uh, it's not really a crash. I stepped off the back and my thing went. <laughs> All right. Well, what about that cone in uh, Greenpoint on the 18XL? Ah, mm, that's more gray because. Yeah, that's gray. That's because gray. I that too we have on footage. I walked off. <laughs> I did not fall. You didn't fall. Uh, the unicycle did a little thingy, but yeah, I was trying to. <laughs> it was so <laughs> dumb. It was one of those moments. I'm sure all EUC guys probably had to some level something similar but like so i'm just trying to carve between these cones and then i'm like going faster than i should have on this 18 inch wheel trying to carve they're just too close together and so i'm like oh i'll do every other and then all of a sudden i realize like oh these aren't like spaced out by professional yeah, it's just like exactly <laughs> so like then it was like i had a split second to choose do I try to carve again or not? And I kind of went, yes, wait, no. <laughs> and that's when my wheel just hit. It was just a regular rubber cone. Yeah. And I just like jumped off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny kind of how that hits you too. There's a lot of times where I play around like that too. Like I'll see something in traffic, like a series of, of whatever. And I'm thinking that, okay, they're all like, but then you get that one that's just like, oh, wait, oh, wait. And you've already picked up speed and it's just like, oh, yeah. God, I'm going to eat it. Or just like a pothole behind it or a piece of equipment. There's all kind of stuff in New York like that. Like, uh, I remember we were riding with Locke. He had it on, on one of his videos he put out, I think. Him or Tashan put out the video on it. But remember that it's that video with me and my 16X where he gets that like close-up shot? Yes. So it's one of my favorite shots. In that same, in that same video. Yeah, where you at, Locke? I haven't seen you in a minute. Um that same video he like clips 
his pedal on one of the city bike stand things. Um, and someone was asking me about that the other day, and they were like, what happened? What, is he just a new rider in that video? I'm like, no, he just <clears> clipped <throat> his pedal. And they were like, how did he not see it? I'm like, I mean, he, he was, was riding it technically. Was a, yeah, it was technically. It was part of the uh, pleasure. It was kind of like lifting the pedal up. My first crash was at, or my first big crash was at the, um, the Z10 group ride. And it was actually the same really? thing. We were coming down. My first like major crash. So me and Rue ate shit running around the park doing stupid stuff. And I had lost like, some skin before. But I remember coming down. We were about to, what's that? That mall that we always hit on the West Side Highway? Brookfield, Brookfield Mall. Brookfield Mall. So we were leaving the Z10 demo. We were riding down. Ruben was on the Z10. He comes flying by me, like pumping on it. Yeah. <laughs> he was he, moving he on the wheel. He loves to get low bro. on that wheel. Yeah. It's like he like naturally took to that wheel. He actually enjoyed it. He might have been like the one person who was like, this is dope. I think he never bought it, right? I no, always he thought didn't. he did. He I think the other day I was like, Ruben, didn't you ever buy a Z10? And he was like, nah. Nah, he got the MSX. He made a smart decision. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were at that ride. And, and, there was a grate, like one of those drain grates that the water runs into or whatever on the bike lane. Ah, I remember now. And there was that curb. And I was like, I'm just going to like roll my pedal in between this little space. And then I have enough height clearance and angle that like my pedal's going to go right over the curb. And it's going to be so dope. And it was the stupidest shit ever. My pedal dug right to the this, curb. I'm still I, on an MCM4. So MCM4, yes. It was like so low pedals. So You went down and I remember hearing, Chris went down, Chris went down, Chris went down. I was like, what? How? Back then, everybody rode a lot slower, so there was actually more room to be a technical rider and like pop off of stuff and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was actually pretty far back, so it was like telephone. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I finally got up to you, and I th you were already like standing up or whatever. Yeah, but was good. It was great. A little, little bloody. But, I had ruined uh, my jacket. That was, that was the worst part. That is always the worst part. Yeah, I had like a Nike Sportswear, like waxed fishtail Parker. Damn. Damn. Rip. <laughs> no, I still have it. I patched it up. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> um, Wear and tear is cool sometimes. Definitely. That's, so this is what's interesting about the New York City scene because it, this is what it used to be. It used to be, what, once or twice a month we'd have a group ride or something and it would be everybody would meet at Riverside Park and then we'd ride down the West Side Highway bike path, go, to, go eat, have some lunch. Half the guys would, would peace out after that. I was probably one of them. And then after some guys would ride a little bit, and that was it. Yeah, and that was basically the scene. Everybody else kind of ro rode solo. Yeah, well, well, at that time, I think that's that was when we were uh, Chris Yim was getting a lot of demo equipment, mm -hmm. and so there was uh, there were a lot of demos that were happening. There was like um, let's see, we had the Z10. Those in motion skates came out. Remember the in motion skates? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think of their name. I was going to call them in motion skates. Um, Dualtron. Oh, yeah. Was, Ooh, I remember Tron trying demo. Chris's Dualtron Thunder or whatever it was. Yeah. He was like, put on the second motor mode. I was like, here we go. He goes, be careful. I was actually, I was scared by those at first. I was like, Dude. I think I got it to like 45 or 50. And I was like, there's more. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Especially not in that park, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was under the highway when I tried it. Oh, uh, okay, Uptown. Okay, okay. Yeah, I tried it at the demo. Um there was a couple others. So like after every demo and we did it at that park, everybody would like mash down the mm -hmm. Riverside Park or Riverside or Westside Highway bike lane and uh, get some food at the mall. And it was back then that was like for me, at least it was like the height of I used to drive trucks for a living in the city for the film industry. Mm -hmm. So like I seen a lot of the city. Right. I've right. been places that even my wife is who's lived here longer than me. She's never been to. Like, mm -hmm. So I've been pretty like New York culture. Like I've been to the South Bronx, North Bronx. You know, Benson, been Bensonhurst, Rockaway. Like, I've been to all these spots, yeah. and then, like, we go film there. So, like, I experienced East New York when 
kind of still like that, but he didn't want to be in East yeah, New York. Yeah. Um, My sister lived in East New York. I never visited her. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've been in these places. But then that was cool. It was like this interesting perspective of just like, oh, I would have never gone to the waterfront bike path promenade on 79th street you know what i mean like yeah, that yeah, i never yeah. would have went there yeah my, my wheel took me to a lot of places i had never been but um where are we, where are we going with that well then i was okay the scene was sort of like this happy-go-lucky scene yeah. i'm sure guys were hanging out uh, we were in brooklyn but right. in manhattan together but then i can't really peg the transition but in the transition this what it is now which is this wild like cyberpunk like crazy scene yeah i mean you know what it was the, per the performance you know what i mean like after the tesla Big part of it yeah after the tesla and, and the wheels started getting faster um you know things just kind of started picking up like i didn't really take the wheel too seriously when i had my M mcm4 right mm -hmm. so i had my mcm4 i didn't really understand anything that was going on all i did was figure out how to ride this thing and realize that it was faster than my bike and uh, originally i had um bought it for autocross so i was having a hard time like memorizing the courses because you know you walk the course and right. i couldn't fit a bike like in my mr2 a wheel barely fits in my mr2 so i bought a wheel i was like i'm gonna take a chance on this i learned how to ride it and uh i was going to work and i remember my first day going to work literally passing all the city bikes in the bike lane with like a cup of coffee in my hand and I was laughing like hysterically. I was like, this is crazy. This is illegal. Like I'm just, I didn't, cause you know, as they say it goes 22 miles an hour and like in my head, I'm not really knowing how relevant 22 miles an hour is. Right, but right. once I got in the bike lane and I see me flying by city bikers, I was like this Yo. is mm -hmm. some next level shit. Something extra. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have to ride like sweaty. Like I used to actually keep a button up shirt cause I used to club a lot when I was riding fixed. Uh -huh. So I would keep a button up shirt rolled up and I would slide it between my belt loops. And that was like my belt. And we would ride all day. We'd be drenched in sweat. But I would still pull out like this like chambray denim button up and slap that motherfucker on and go <laughs> go party like right afterwards. Oh, weird. With my bike locked up in like a tree or like by some. Did you shower in a fire hydrant nah, or something? Nah, dude. I went straight up like. Psh, psh. I don't sweat that much. You use Axe like, body spray? No, nah, I'm, I'm not a pungent <laughs> person. You know what I mean? I, say, I think I have you a were. Decent, I have a decent um, body odor. Yeah, so then we had a lot of performance in wheels. Yeah. And then I think, like, the boosted scene probably was popping way before I even realized it was a scene. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah. And then I think the convergence of the boosted people and EUCs, it's just like, I just think it's like this big, like, if you ever watched the Peanuts gang, like, that one guy who's just got dirt around him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my head, it's like this big explosion of EVs that just sort of happened around, like, HQ or whatever. Right. And it's like... It's funny you mentioned the boosted scene being around first. It's, I remember the first time I got burned by a boosted on Broadway. And it was like the first e-board e that I've even seen. And I was just and like... And it sucks because it's so loud. And you're just like... I love that. Yeah, no, I, was, I like the sound yeah, too. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, dude. So we're at a light. I think I had just got like glasses from my optician or whatever. And uh, I'm sitting there and the light turns green. And this thing just took off. And I hear the motors like... Like all this sound and shit. Yeah. I was low battery. I wasn't pushing it, but uh, <laughs> he burned me to the Nike store. I mean, I remember I couldn't when I, I went out to a boosted ride somewhere in that early days, and uh, my I couldn't keep up with them back then. Their torque was off the charts yeah. compared to EUC. I think compared to our fourteen inch EUCs. Yeah, yeah, so it was like there was no way I was keeping up. But then, like pretty soon after, I could keep up as far as speed. Still, their torque was just off the charts compared to my 
I didn't have an MSX. No, you had the 16S that, for a little bit. No, but I mean, when I had like the 18XL and I was riding, still? I'm saying when I was riding that around, mm-hmm. I st- yeah, you still, the torque off the line hmm. couldn't kill a boosted. I think MSX was probably the only thing at the time that probably could. And a Tesla. Maybe, I don't remember. Hmm. Tesla definitely. I had, um, had the same motor as the MSX, it was a smaller, the 16 inch. I don't know, that, that boosted torque is impressive off the line. I mean, again, they just all, that's the thing about the, the boosted scene is like, they would all take off and they'd all hit top speed like the same time and just be this just bad like show of bad board riders just kind of at the same smashing into each other yeah it's kind of like the uh the moped scene like moped rallies oh yeah but they all set the light and then the light turns green and they're all like Meh. and they all accelerate at the exact same pace there's like a couple you know guys that are lighter guys lighter maybe. guys or they have like jets tuned or whatever but they all just right. sit there at that same speed Meh. the same tone that's everything. crazy yeah it's and then they would just bump into each other yeah and then eventually you know, they got other boards that made them faster, but our scene became more grimy, more, more dingy, more like, uh, you know, a hyper aggressive. Well, our scene kind of like our specific sector of the scene, because New York is really big. And I think a lot of yeah. people keep forgetting that. And um, a lot of people that ride that aren't in the scene you know yeah exactly and and like you were saying before like you went to all these places and i was mentioning i was like you've probably been to more places than i have because i don't leave downtown i've grew up downtown brooklyn i've always lived downtown brooklyn i'm like downtown uh manhattan i don't go past 42nd street usually you yeah know what i mean like, i mean there's no need to unless you mm-hmm. live up there it's pretty right. residential once you right. go up there so i just kind of hang around the river and like crossing the bridge back and forth between williamsburg and les and uh that's good enough for me so like whatever's happening in the bronx the bronx is a crazy bike scene i believe it there's always the uptown i mean yeah. bike uptown scene has a crazy the, e-bike scene and the gas scene yeah i don't know if you call so, it so i mean scene, but... you know and there's stuff going on in queens so for us we were really hanging out around uh what we call hq um it's kung fu tea and you know it, it evolved a lot of guys once the wheels got more battery capacity Mm-hmm. Once they got, you know, a lot faster, then you start making money. You know, you sign up for Uber Eats. Or you sign well, that's up for actually more, more recent. There's yeah. still a lot of expansion before that. But I, I feel like um, it really became like a lot of delivery culture. Yeah, that, that, I think it's like the last year for that. I think it's the last year? Okay. The last year. Yeah, like well, year, we're talking year like a year and a half. We're a three-year time span maybe, in maybe, general. Maybe, yeah, three or maybe, four. maybe two years at max. But yeah, it was just like... I remember some guys like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do deliveries on this. I'm like, huh, I never thought about that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Not that, I mean, I had a job, I, not that I needed right, to. Right, exactly. <clears throat> but it was interesting, yeah. So then it became like, you know, then the wheels kept progressing, right? That, that right. just never stopped. Every year it was like Gotway kept pushing the boundaries, you know, and then which actually made us all like hyper expectant. So every new release, everybody, like, I remember, like, for, for example, my MSP video. I was pretty let down. It was the first time they had, uh, at least in my recent era, like almost like gone down in, in speed in service of torque. Hmm. But it was just like, anyways, we were all hyper expected of the next crazy like barrier. And that produced the scene where everyone is like group rides used to be. We'd stop at the red lights, chat, whatever. Then it was like, wait, we haven't stopped at one red light at all. You know, and there's the guys up front kind of make it safe for you if you're like in the pack in the back, because at a certain point, like if, a, you know, how it goes even like the gas powered um, four wheel guys, 
once the crew is going, cars aren't going to run you down. No, right. You know, so like they, basically the crew, the the it's like the hive of bees. Yeah. <laughs> once yeah. you're in the intersection, people are waiting. It's like for that Wu Tang video, Wu Tang Killer Bees. You're gonna have to like cue that up somehow. <laughs> yeah. Pull it up. Um, yeah. So it was like crazy, uh, the aggressive stuff, and then yeah. So what do you think about what is the scene now? Like what is what happens in the scene? What does it look like? It's hard to speak on it now. Like, so I broke my leg in twice in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was my year that I kind of like had to fall out a little bit. And in that year, I think a lot of things changed while I was kind of like away. Cause I remember coming back and it was a bit different. I think by the time I came back in 20, in 2020, um, everyone was pretty much like either delivering or they just were stopping by, chit-chatting, and leaving. And they had high-powered wheels. And everybody had high-powered wheels. Yeah, everybody had super high-powered wheels. Um, but there wasn't really a lot of things going on. Kev is running his, his ride, so Kev had his regular thing going on. I don't know. It's, 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 hard, it's, it's hard to really speak on. It's just in its developmental stages, really, you know? So, like, so you and I kind of talk sometimes about, like, what the scene is, though. Like, what do you, what do you think are the New York scene offers riders or even just the EV right. community as let's, a whole? Let's take away the scene, right? Forget the scene. The mm-hmm. scene is whatever. The city. Sure. The city for electric vehicle owners, personal electric vehicle owners. New York City has to be one of the best cities ever for this type of tech. Yeah. Specifically for this type of tech. I mean, first of all, you have endless blocks. Endless blocks. I mean, any time. I remember when I first got my MSX. I would always end up in Harlem, 125th Street, like just end up there. You know what I mean? Why? Because I was just flying up the avenue. I was just surfing lanes, going through traffic, and I would just end up there. Um, And that's one of the greatest things about this is how effortless it is to move around the city. And it's, and it's needed because in New York City, we, we live lives where we do a lot of things. We know a lot of people and a lot of our people don't know each other. And we're always kind of like hopping from one thing, like I'm getting, I'm going to get brunch with this person, and then we're going to go to the museum, and then there's like a backyard party somewhere else, and then I might make it to the beach later on, or vice versa, the other order, whatever. But that's kind of like how New York is. There's a lot of things going on, and having a personal electric vehicle really allows you to expand on all that and be everywhere at one time, hey. basically. <laughs> namesake. namesake. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for real. I'm not just making a joke about that. Um, yeah, it's like, um, I feel as, well, native New Yorkers will tell me I'm never, will never be a New Yorker, which is fine. Oh, I don't consider myself a New Yorker. I mean, I've been on the same block my whole life, but I never went to, like, grade school here. You know what I mean? You're making I it worse for like, me right now. Anyways, my point is like I feel I feel like a New Yorker. Obviously, I'm not native born by any right. stretch. I've been here like 12, 13 years. But, anyways, um, as a New Yorker, like you, like what you're describing, that that thing, part of that is like the subway is super convenient. As much as we all kind of like hate it, it's like like it's great. It's amazing that it exists, right? Right. So it's like to me, an EV, whether it's an e-bike, e-board, uh, electric, uh, unicycle, it's a hack. Because mm-hmm. now I get the part that we didn't like about the subway because it's convenient, right? right. I mean, it's what was relatively cheap. Uh, MTA, suck it. Yeah, um, exactly. uh, but basically, you get to hack the crap about the subway you don't love. Well, it's funny, too, because when I, when I started writing, what meaning, I hated... You, meaning you don't have to take it. Yeah. Well, you know why I, I kind of hated the subway? There was no cell signal down there. And then we got it one day. We all remember that all the time. We always cell phones, iPhone had been around for a while. We never had cell signal. And then it was just like 
I remember people saying, oh, you'd want cell signal down here? Well, that was, that was the whole thing. You wanted that. I was also like, I don't know if I wanted that. Cause all I imagine, and if you've ever taken like a bus in New York city, do you remember when the next telephones were out and the chirps? People be so loud on that. And it's the speaker phones and chirps. And I was like, God, could you imagine how people are going to be? Everybody used to say that to me. They would go. You think you want that? You want to just hear everybody? And I went, trust me, it's not going to be like that. And it's not like that. Everyone's just listening to music and watching their shows. I was right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, it's not going to happen. Because even though you had, at least early stages, even though we had service, it still was a little unreliable. Well, no, what it, it was stations only. That's right. It was stations only. And then one day, only. it was just, I don't, even, I don't remember if they announced it or not. But one day I was like, hey, I got service in between stations. What is this? <laughs> yeah. And now it's so crazy that like underground, you have complete service to just like, stream snl sketches you know like anything you want to do yeah yeah so yeah it's, it's a city hack it's a life hack man it really it really changes everything you can hang out longer and then your wife's like i need you to come back and do that nah, 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 nah. she doesn't know you can get there in like five minutes or, or the other side is like she knows i can go anywhere on the thing so it's like well she'll send your you wife wherever. figured it out because you know you're a professional or whatever but <laughs> yeah it's like oh this place that normally would never dream of going because it's too far in the subway Go there. Exactly. So it's a a burden and a curse. Don't worry. She doesn't listen to this podcast. But no, New York City is is like the proving grounds. Our our roads are crappy. And our cops, for the most part, everything is still lax. So we can kind of... uh, Don't you love how gray it it is? I'm loving how gray it is. I'm actually... I consider myself the gray area specialist. Oh. That's that's my... That's my... uh, That's one of my labels. Wow. Yeah, I'm always in the gray. I pride myself in staying in the gray. Never get in trouble. Interesting. But I'm always pushing the boundaries of what is uh, now it's legal fitting and that your headphones have a gray top. Do they? There we go. Yeah. There 3D print. Oh, it's coming apart. Is 3D it? printed by NPS. Hey, guys, I need a new one. Oh, really? Yeah. It's what cracked. Is it, this part here? It's, uh, don't worry about it. It's no, a little no. slide piece. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's such an um, urban hack. So I think if you're in any city in the world, whether it's, you know, like Paris or... or, or you know, I'm dying to go to Paris and ride, by the way. I don't know what the rules are there. Oh, they're awful. Are they really? I have a YouTube channel. They tell me. Oh, wow. It's awful. That's one of the worst places there. I think like Germany are the two worst places to ride, even though it might be it, the best places to ride. It's funny because I hear they have like one of the biggest uh, marketplaces. Yeah, but they. I think it's kind of recent cracking. Why would they crack down? But there's a crackdown. Oh, I, I can understand why they would crack down. But, no, but here's the thing, though. Like we're talking about the EV scene here. Yeah. Like the New York scene is like quote-unquote way worse that's what i'm saying than yeah. that stuff so it's always funny that like that's if they're cracking down but it's like i mean to be an american for a second like i guess i'm not surprised it's france i'll tell you what though i feel like the new york ev scene even though we're like being very harsh on it ourselves right now mm-hmm. and everybody else is super harsh on us from the outside anyway but um relatively i think there's less accidents especially like pedestrian involved accidents yeah on evs right now compared than to how it was when we were all riding like brakeless bikes yeah here's here's the reason why if people listening who don't live here don't know whether you're in america or not the speed limit in uh manhattan is 25 miles an hour it used to be 35 mm-hmm. now it's 25 miles an hour now obviously people are going to break the speed limit whenever they can but that means like now all of our wheels are wildly faster than cars. Right. What that means is we can ride pretty, you know, creatively throughout traffic in the city and it's relatively harmless depending on how you ride. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, take anywhere else in America that's like a little more suburban or even probably like Chicago might be a little bit 
not as mecca as we have it. Chicago's streets are weird, man. I, yeah. I want to go right out there. I've, I've been to Chicago a couple times, but um, their streets are very wide, very straight. Uh, their traffic moves in like a little bit of a different yeah. way. It would take me some some time to get used to like riding in Chicago, but I'm, I want to explore uh, that city a little bit more. Um, but back to like New York City and, and, and saying uh, about the wheels being faster than the traffic and everything else, for me, that wasn't even like the biggest part of it. For me, really, it was the safety of myself from the bikers. Yeah. Well, the bike lane, we always say, it used to be a joke. Now it's just like for real. Not even the, the bike, bike lane. lane is the least uh, safe place to oh, yeah. be. The bike lane is super dangerous. That's why I love it. But <laughs> let me caveat that with <laughs> another. Let me caveat with this. If you're riding an EV and you are within bike speed or slower, it's actually not dangerous. I, I Here's why I say that. Because if you, for example, like my wife, uh, knows how to ride now and if she was going to commute to work I actually would encourage her to be in the bike lane right. she's not going to ride that fast No. but I think when you're at bike speed or, or faster that's actually when it becomes dangerous because people pop out do crazy stuff Yes. I think if you're going slow enough you have time to react right but for me personally when I was saying that, uh, I'm scared of the bikes because I don't like things coming up behind me I don't mind any obstacle that's coming up in front of me you know, I feel like I'd be able to maneuver okay. and do whatever else. But I find in the bike lane, like, if you're not doing 20, 25, you're going to get hit or passed by a couple people. You know what I mean? There's going to be a, you're, at least three or four roadies are going to come zoom mm. in by you. You're going to get delivery dudes that are going to come zoom in by you. Um, those are the things that it's are going very, to happen. It's, it, it feels a little bit like, yeah, like, um, I have a lot of kids, obviously, at home. But it feels like uh, in the Finding Nemo, they have the whatever the thing is that the turtles run through in that movie, mm -hmm. it's like this big, like underwater highway and like everyone's just kind of flying uh, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of feels a little bit like that. So it can be, it's so complicated. It can be fun, right? Like yeah. you often say like you, you sometimes you like being in that. I'm so contradicting because I'm complaining about the bike, <laughs> the bikers coming up behind you and like cutting you up. I'm that guy. I'm the, I'm, I'm like the bike lane terrorist. I'm the worst yeah. at doing that. Maybe this and, is why you're a little gray. But. Yeah, I'm super gray on it. But Yeah, because look, for me, like just full disclosure, I ride the bike lane on certain streets. Like I almost like, right, like almost always we'll ride the bike lane right down uh, in Chinatown when we're going back to Manhattan Bridge. Yeah, I do have specific bike I could completely like ride in the street over there, but for some reason we always just take that bike lane. Yeah. Ironically, though, we probably shouldn't because there's so many pedestrians that cross down there. So you're talking about right on Bowery, right? Um, like south of, towards, south of Delancey. Heading towards the Polo Pit. Yeah, and then beyond. Yeah, yeah. That's where I just got my recent four stitches. Yeah. Right where all those pedestrians cross. I'm saying that's interesting because there's a giant road right there. I don't yeah. know why we don't ride that. Well, funny thing. I was riding in the road. I guess it was unnatural. Something told me jump in the bike lane as we usually do, and yeah. I jumped in the bike lane. But it's a two-way bike lane, so I'm almost coming the other way. I don't and think I had we're alone. Out. I think I've seen other guys when they're like, I think even like Jansen, like alone has been riding in the. Maybe there's some cosmic force. It's two lanes, man, and it's beautifully like painted green. It just tells you like jump in me. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> about it, anyways. But so there are days where I, and certain spots where a bike lane makes sense, but other times traffic wakes. As traffic makes way more sense. Always makes more so sense. So I'm not a strictly traffic or strictly bike lane guy. I'm yeah. just kind of like a whatever to me is like, A, I got kids in the family. So like I need to be safe. Yeah. And then my fun comes after that. Right. So that's why I'm saying like I would never be known as the fastest guy in New York by any stretch. I never the slowest either. But Funny enough, when I was riding fix, there weren't bike lanes. 
That's right. There so didn't I didn't be. get into bike lanes until I got into EVs. We're kind of like the new fixie guys because they don't exist anymore. Like the like the messengers are done. Yeah, there's not really a lot of them left. Um, I've seen like and even the builds maybe too. The builds aren't really that great either. Like it's just a lot of like knockoff or cheap um, repo frames, you know. Right. But yeah, so I think that um, the New York City as a whole, the city really offers one of the coolest places to ride. To me, it's like it's EUC Mecca, even yeah. though some people would be like, you're crazy. Like, oh. you know, California's better yeah. or whatever. Like, but Those guys put their wheels in their cars and then drive to their spot. And ride. So this is what's interesting, right? Because New York is like, we don't have to drive somewhere to ride. It's like you walk out your door and you can ride to do anything and everything, right? It's like... You know, I was talking the wrong way in the last episode, and he's thinking of moving to America mm-hmm. from Poland, and he was, like, considering cities, and I was telling him, he's like, I'm thinking of California. Um, he said, you know, maybe L.A. kind of area, and I said, the thing you got to know about L.A. is, like, as much as it's maybe great, it might be perfect for you and the lifestyle and everything, you've got to drive to go do a ride where, like, San Fran is a lot closer to New York in the sense that, like, mm-hmm. you can just commute around this whole, the whole, like, city center yeah. like that. Chicago is probably similar. Um I'm sure some other, like Miami, eh, not quite. But anyways, that's what's unique about yeah, New York. I, I own a car here in the city. Like, my car is parked in Brooklyn. You're such a weirdo. And I never drive it, yeah. ever. Like, no, there's no point in me driving my car. And my car is tiny. I could park it anywhere. I probably have one of the shortest wheelbases in the city. You know what I mean? And it's still too much of a hassle. So what do you think it offers? Do you think New York offers people, is there a level up by living and riding here? I don't know if I would call it a level up. I mean, it all depends on why you're here and what you're here for. I, you know, like, I don't, I'm not here for EVs. I just happen to live in New York City at a time that EVs are coming out. You know what I mean? And it fits my life. Would it be weird, though, if you moved to, like, a suburban town? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I probably would not be riding anything besides besides my bike. And even that, I'd probably still take it to a park to ride. This is something I've struggled with, like, considering staying or leaving. You know, COVID mm-hmm. made probably everybody consider oh, that. COVID's changed everything. Uh, Like... I feel like a part, a piece of my heart, well, would be dead because I love New York right. so much. I love this place. It's so hard for me to leave. I actually almost never go on vacation. I don't think I've gone anywhere since you've known me. I Only vacation I always ever want to go to is Disney World because I'm that weirdo. <laughs> but that's about it. My yeah. vacation like nowadays is like going to Dykeman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I consider yeah. going to Dykeman a vacation. Far Rockaway. But you guys kind of weird me out because some people are like, yo, City Island, where it's at? I'm like... It's so dumpy. Why would I go there? Um, anyways, um, yeah, so the EV scene is d- definitely very different now. Like, the perspective of people online of New York, I think, is a little too harsh. I think some of it's warranted, but some of it is a little too crazy. Some people in New York definitely continue that vibe, which yeah. they shouldn't like, um, on the internet. But I was harsh on it for a while, only because I remember riding bikes here and getting harassed by like the cops when we were taking the bridges, you know what I mean? Riding brakeless or riding without safety lights and stuff. They just started giving people tickets for stupid stuff. I actually lost my driver's license for running a red on my bicycle. So, you know, that's happened. I've seen it happen. Right. And I didn't, you know, I really didn't want to, for me, I'm, I'm like knowing the logic that they've used to prosecute bicyclists for stupid stuff. I'm like, you know what you have between your legs? A motor vehicle. This can get really dumb really quickly. But luckily, I think the city understands even before COVID and they you know, legalized everything so that people can deliver food. I think the city sort of has an understanding where they don't want to um, like kneecap innovation. 
Mm -hmm. I, and I'm wondering if that has a little... Nice. Am I being too nice? I'm wondering yeah, if that the, has something well, to do look, with it a little bit. All of us, left, right, and center, hate de Blasio. It's pretty yeah. clear at this point. Yeah. Um, which is nice, <laughs> but can, I mean, how are you going to all... try to like launch all these green projects? And we're going to be a green well, this city. Is we my do all thing. This and we're going to be like, we're not going to allow personal electric vehicles in our city. Like, well, that's my thing is like, he was all about that. Yeah. Right. And then it was like my joke, which is actually probably very true. <laughs> was like, he probably realized his lunch was getting there too late. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then was like, huh, why is this happening? It's well, it's the same thing with was like. Yo, be, probably because they, you told them they couldn't do e-bikes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like all of us who are super nerdy on like the legality of this know that the law that's in place in New York or was in place had nothing to do with electrified motors, had right. everything to do with a guy put a, like a two-stroke motor or whatever on his bicycle years and years ago, hit a kid and killed him. Kids, parents, I guess rightfully lobbied to the government mm -hmm. to eradicate motorized anything and so that law has stood so then when these came about it was like it was specifically bikes unicycles have always been great and never really yeah, fell yeah. into that but e-bikes were like nope it's got a motor it's illegal right well it really just comes down to just it's making money you know what i mean it's like until they figure it out they can classify you and tell you all right you have to pay this much in taxes and you got to pay this much for your license fee and you got to pay this much for your insurance i don't think they're going to do right it now there. it's great i'm good with that yeah. but if tomorrow they said you need like a License to ride your EV, fine, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm dedicated. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I wouldn't mind paying a few things depending on what I get back, you know, for, for paying. But they should actually be paying us to ride, you know, gasless vehicles. You know what I mean? Like, should be some kind of this city incentive. is obsessed with trying to, like, toll everybody to get rid of the cars, yeah. right? Like, London did that nonsense. Yeah. Why don't they make an incentive for people to switch to an e-scoot, yeah. e-bike, e whatever? We're going to have to get involved with local politics, man. We're going to talk to uh, Andrew Yang. Don't get my hopes up. I'm, I'm excited if that happens. <laughs> well, the Fung Bros have the plug, man. We're there. We're going to be right there on the, uh, on the podium. Yeah, David, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, interestingly enough, so now the scene is like, you know, is what it is. And then... You're well, the, back to back to that being harsh in the scene. I was so I was a little bit harsh on that at first, but now I've actually kind of looked at it. and I'm like, you know what? It's really not. It's just it's just in, it's in its infancy. You know what I mean? And it's really not the better. When you think about it, dude, the gas bikes, the quads, and the and the two stroke dirt bikes are insane this year. Way way different than yeah. I have never seen so many um, packs of them, and not huge packs either. Just like random three or four dudes coming down from uptown. Like I've never seen that as often as I see it now. And even the cars in Times Square, like it's a car show every night in Times Square of exotics. Um, Darnell is the one basically shooting everybody. Not Times Square and St. Mark's is nothing but nonstop hypercars yeah. because our friend who was a delivery guy on a road bike is shooting like these really ill videos of all of them and they're all like have figured out oh that's where this guy like hangs out and they just pull up for him to shoot like a little drive-by club crazy it's kind of crazy right uh we, we were at times square one time we saw a it was just like a suv this guy riding by with some big speakers and it was loud and i remember like actually the cops went over and told them to quiet down oh, yeah. yeah but what it was interesting i don't know if it was you or someone else pointed out that like so the back of the suburban the back window they actually i didn't realize they did such a good job they cut Sorry, they took off the glass. Yeah, there was no glass in it. It was just like, uh, like what do you like pantyhose or whatever, you, whatever that fabric is yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. 
over the, so the speaker was just there and it was just that little like There's nylon a huge and new york has so many scenes there's a van scene you know what i mean you still have like the honda scene you have mm-hmm. guys street racing the bmw scene is crazy everybody's running around with like gurgle tunes and popping every time they let off the uh, accelerator there's so many things happening here and like with covid i guess it just kind of what else are you going to do? Let's go cruise with our homies. So everybody's in cruise mode. You know what I mean? It's up and down. COVID caused some interesting stuff, right? Because yeah. I was out for most of like the initial lockdown. We left the city or whatever. Keep my kids safe. Yeah, you pussy. Um, you know, fair enough. No, not really. <laughs> no, it was bad. It was, it was bad. It was wild here. Like, I think like, you told I, me like a day after I left, you were like, dude, the sirens were nonstop. Nonstop. I mean, you would go into bodegas and the guy would look at you like... Is this real? And I'm like, yeah. You know, I think part of it, to be fair, not to get too like Especially into this, in was like initially the science wasn't definitive on like how it was transmitted, how crazy it all was. Oh, in the beginning, there was no information. So I- like it was basically assumed by even the regular people. It was just like if you just like talk to someone, you were going to die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it was a little, people were frightened. Yeah. There was no information. People whatsoever. were dying too though. Yeah. Like, but yeah, but they weren't even really reporting it or being loud about it. It was kind of like this whisper, you know, and my friends from Asia were the ones that were putting me on the game. They were like, yo dude, <laughs> you want us to send me like some masks and some gloves and stuff. Like I remember coming. Jason Ewell said that, uh, I think it was, maybe it was Gotway. No King song. I don't know. One of the companies said, and your next batch of orders, yeah. you want us to send masks for you? Yeah, yeah, no, the wheel companies were sending, like, uh, masks and stuff. I think he said no, because he was just like, I don't know if how sanitary that is. <laughs> True. It's like that uh, Simpsons episode when everybody got sick from the Amazon packages. Yeah, it's like, okay, you sent us all masks, masks I, I give it out for free to my people, but what if somehow that got contaminated? Right. Like, <laughs> then I we just... Do, I got to the bathroom. All right, all right. we'll do it. Do right. your thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Second person to go to the bathroom on the podcast. First <laughs> first one was John Angel. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Dear Chris, thank you for your payment at the surface too. I'll make the photo you okay? Normally I don't do an edit here, but I'm just gonna edit while he's out. We'll just come right back. We'll call this the Francisco intermission. Thanks again so much for watching, guys. This has been a very fun podcast. It's going very well so far, I think. We've got the video working again. Hey hey. Uh, so if you liked what you heard here today, please give us a write up, give me a little review on one of your audio platforms of choice, um, or go ahead and comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're not following us on any of the audio platforms of choice, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Google or Amazon or wherever, um, pod something podcaster. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and follow there so you can see when all the latest podcasts are up and ready for you to listen to. So how is the bathroom? Oh, the bathroom was great, man. It's clean. Yeah. Sterile. Kosher. That's good. Um, Anyways, back to New York stuff. New York Um, stuff. So we live in a city that has like a lot of walk-up apartments. Oh, yeah. Lots of walk-up apartments. So I just moved to Chinatown, actually, as you know. And uh, got a nice little two-story walk-up there. Or two sets of flights. Not fun with the Sherman or Monster Pro. Yeah, I feel bad now. Like, every time you come over, I'm like, this guy has to bring something up the stairs and everything he has is like wheel. super heavy yeah <laughs> it's not bad with my msx like you know it has that, like that forward facing handle so the, i kind of just do the the part that sucks the most though like because i live in a walk up too i'm i'm on the second floor so you have one one set of stairs to go up one flight mm-hmm. but, kind of but anyways the point is it's regular stairs yours are curved so that means a side of it is this thin yeah 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 so you <laughs> Even like walking down with the Sherman or whatever, 
like if I make a wrong step, oh, it's a rep. That's it. <laughs> it's a rep. You gotta do your tai chi before you come over. I think I've done pretty well. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's like there's there's a there's a bit of danger. It's more dangerous walking down your steps than riding in New York City traffic. Well, even before uh, even before I moved into my current apartment. My last apartment had maybe like five stairs that I had to go up, and that was easy. I could just throw my wheel up and throw my bike over that, mm-hmm. and that was never like a complaint. But the issue is, was when I went to like friends' houses, or I went to a party, or I went, you know, I'm hanging out at a bar, and then everybody's like, "Hey, come over to my place afterwards," and it's like, "Cool, you're rolling your little alien spaceship thing that nobody understands <laughs> to someone's house," and we're like, "This is cool. What is it?" And you're like, "Yada yada yada," and then you get to the house, and it's like, "Oh, it's a four floor walk up." Oh. And everybody's just looking at you like, gosh, you're making so much noise. You're waking up all the neighbors, <laughs> like groaning, trying to carry this thing up. Could you imagine if it was like a Monster Pro? You yeah, know? it just doesn't fit. No, you'd have to like stash it somewhere in the basement or it's, it's there's a part of the life that... Arguably the Sherman doesn't fit, but for yeah. me, the, it's worth the annoyance. Right. For just the comfort, the variety, you know, I have all that right. stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult. You really have to pick what you're willing to deal with when buying a wheel these days mm-hmm. you know like before everything was fairly lightweight like 1600 watt hour was like the biggest battery i guess at the time yeah and uh i mean kuji just did a video on the rs mm-hmm. and you can tell and i kind of talked to him a little bit behind the scenes but like you can tell that like he's into the rs yeah because it's portable well, the you know RS what I mean? MSX, and that's yeah. why I love. I mean, I never really got another wheel. The convenience factor is huge for him now that he lives in the sub, like almost like countryside of China. Mm-hmm. He said, like, there's no escalators. Like in Beijing, where he used to live, right. escalators everywhere. everywhere. But now he's like, literally, like, I'll come to a place and I have, I have to walk up stairs. Right. So he's like, the Sherman, I started taking out less and less and less. Yeah. So that would be a problem if I lived in a similar place. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's decisions you have to make. Um, so a lot of people get mad and we like criticize things where it's like, oh, that won't be a problem in my life. And it's like, well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like on my YouTube channel, I tr- maybe it, official announcement. <laughs> I try to put my own specific bias up front. Right. So that people, I'm hoping they, they're smart enough to understand like, cool. So if Mickey says this is a bad idea because of the convenience factor, and you know you don't need to worry about that. You don't worry about it. You can take that into consideration, mm-hmm. but I feel like some people still don't get it. So right. w- fair warning, I do this so that you can understand I'm not hiding anything. Yeah. Here's my personal bias. Here's my situation. So if you go, man, he hated it because it's bad going upstairs in his apartment. Right. Well, I mean, you know, same thing for me. My focus is like hyper metropolitan areas. Yeah. You know, in a hyper metropolitan lifestyle. Like I don't really relate to anything that's happening in the suburbs or, or relates to anything that's happening outside of very dense cities. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's, that's what my focus is going to be. I think that's really the epicenter of what this technology really is for. Like, I don't personally think I'm a fan of like the really long range wheels or like things like that. I hang out downtown. You know what I mean? Have, I might knock out 35, 40 miles and, right. I'm, and I'm good to go. Like they have merit. Like there are people who yeah. are fantastic, great humans who have, great ride experiences yeah. on long open country roads. Definitely. Got there's even guys who like they don't care what soft, medium or hard mode is. They just right. get on with their cigarette and ride. You know what I mean? Like well, those kind of guys. I never exist. seen my app. Like I don't know what I don't know what I'm in. I have no clue what my miles are. I just hop on a thing. There's I'm just like, variations. The dots of are good. Let's go. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying for me, 
I'm always going to be focused on metropolitan life. Mm -hmm. And I'm always going to give you opinion, not just on like, oh, the wheel's performance, but can I even live with this thing? Like how much effort am I going to have to put into to get to like pho grand and get a bowl? You know, <laughs> you know like how hard do I have to work to get to my body? Right. For, you know what I mean? So, well, that's, I, I mean, that's know. sort of also like um, part of like, I think what everywhere comes out of with the right. brand, like, you know, the namesake is kind of like, we are just, we are everywhere. We can, can be everywhere. Yeah. We are everywhere because of this. Yeah. I think that applies beyond uh, the urban environment as well. It definitely does um, apply to everybody. I mean, cause everywhere is everywhere. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. the honest truth. But I don't think that a hyper metropolitan experience is, is something that's, that can't be uh, given to those outside or utilized by people outside of the city yeah. because we have so many demands, right? It has to be able to do all these things, all these things, all these things. And when it satisfies doing all those things, it's definitely going to work in another setting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that saying, like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. You know, it's, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but everywhere is more so right now representing what's happening here in our street culture. You know, uh, our our current collection was very influenced by HQ, the place that we spend a lot of time at, Kung Fu Tea. Um, shout out to Justin for letting us charge there. That's really dope of him. And uh, just really trying to introduce people to the concept of having representation for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I used a lot of references from my past and different scenes that I was in that developed that uh, made me who I am and brought me to where I am today, uh, be it inline skating, biking, skateboarding, you know, whatever. I took those, ex those, those uh, experiences and applied them to what we're releasing very soon. And I also wanted to kind of not go too crazy, have something that was easily to relate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of guys, not everybody's coming from years and years and years of like motorsports or trafficking or whatever you want to call what right, we do. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of guys are just... Oh, I'm an accountant, and I thought that this was cool technology. Or I saw somebody, you know, fly by me in the street, and I asked him what it was, and it was cool, and I wanted to ride. That's yeah. what's very different about what we're doing now uh, in the EV space versus what was happening in other scenes in New York City, be it skateboarding, biking, or whatever. You know, those people were more like athletes, or they were more like, not even athletes, but they kind of come from a certain cut of cloth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas now, our EV space in is more inclusive I think yeah. it's way more inclusive than any of the previous. Uh, a lot of diverse group of guys. However, mm. we do see quite a lack of uh, women hanging mm. around yeah. in some of that downtown scene. Well, they exist, but they're just not. But it was the same way for any of those other sports in their early days. Yeah. Like you weren't seeing right. girls skateboarding. Like you said, it's kind of, we're kind of still in the infancy. Yeah, we're still in the infancy. Um, but the diversity is still, I mean... These are two thousand dollars. You're entering a market for two grand, basically. So that immediately, I mean, look. If you look at my metrics on YouTube, the majority of people who watch the channel are like thirty-five to fifty. Yeah. So the age, the age may like not be too diverse. Men. Yeah. In terms of age group, it's not that diverse, and that's a little bothersome to me sometimes. Well, I think it has led. I mean, look. Originally, now we're seeing a bit of a different thing. But yeah. originally, this was like. People who are established as adults yeah. who have an income that allows them an extra thousand to two thousand yeah. dollars to spend on a wheel. Yeah. And and so so that's a little bit different. But 
in terms of like the backgrounds of each one of those people and like why they got into it is very very different from before like and that's kind of why i started this podcast yeah. i wanted to talk to people of all different evs different backgrounds of like i'm so fascinated by like what how did you find this yeah. you know especially our thing mm -hmm. like obviously boards are cool to me and bikes and stuff but right. like the unicycle thing is like okay we all know is a hard barrier to entry right because mm -hmm. people look at it everyone we meet on the street right what are they one of the first things they say is yo i could never ride that mm -hmm. how right? hard is it to learn yeah some something to that extent so it's like I, I want to talk to a lot of people on this platform specifically that just like curious, like, who are you? Like, what's your day job? Like, what, right, right, right. how'd you get into this? Right. Um, but yeah, so everywhere is, yeah. So, so it's a really, it's a diverse group of people. So, um, it was really hard for me. Like, all right, if I'm making a clothing for me, I'm going to make some freaking off the wall stuff, you know, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of people aren't going to get it. So I had to kind of like take the time to kind of look at people, say, all right, how can I introduce them to the concept of having like a label that kind of represents what it is that you're obsessed with? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? What it is that you're driving your girlfriend crazy with? <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. Or your boyfriend. Or your boyfriend, like whatever it is. Exactly. Whatever. Inclu inclusive. Uh, but and, and I think we succeeded at doing that. Our first collection is very small. Um, we only dropped in a couple a couple graphics and a couple uh, logos. We actually had way more product, but to be honest, it's been kind of hard to hold on to it. It's like everybody that sees something, they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're gonna have it. And I'm just like, yeah, just, just grab it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's like all the dad hats. You know how many times I ordered dad hats? I don't have a photo. I think Marty has one. Marty has one. Marty yeah. has one. All, he's the only photo of a dad hat that I have. Every other dad hat was taken by somebody because they were just like, yo, I need that. And I'm like, sure, go for it. Yeah. So they're not even going to be up on the site when we launch. Um, they'll come later on when I get some more samples in. But yeah, it's been, it's, it's, I'm really excited to release it. And I hope people like it. And so initially, a lot of the things are very basic. We're not doing anything that's like technical in terms of like protective gear or anything like that. Um, and again, it goes back to diversity. I don't know what the size range is for our customers. You know, if I was making things for the skateboard punks that are hanging out down at wherever, wherever in downtown, uh, I'd probably just make a bunch of mediums and large. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a certain. So it's like with production, production is something that's very difficult, especially now during this time of COVID and everything else. And um, I don't want to waste or I don't have money to waste on sizes that won't move. Yeah. You know? I, well, I can definitely say that like, some people have been confused about this because like we're sort of together in this. Yeah. And yeah. Rue is still part of it. Yeah. Um, but so we're sort of together in this, but like, uh, I also have my own kind of little teespringy right. thingy. So, so how that went down was we were all working out, uh, Rue, he went on to the West coast for a little bit doing mm -hmm. his thing when in Portland. With, uh, in Portland and then, um, I, well, broke my leg and then I broke my leg again. <laughs> So I was gone for like a whole year and Mickey in this sense was definitely the biggest savior because he carried the torch and he launched his, his own, uh, YouTube EVX. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a perfect workout because for me, I'm not a YouTube at all. I don't really even like the internet. You know, I don't really like using it to communicate with people. I like to use the internet more to like find influence from other realms of life. Not mm -hmm. so much like the EV space. I don't personally pay attention to a lot of the videos that are that are put out but um 
that's his space. That's what you do. You know what I mean? You, you, you go and you do a great job of producing and you do a great job at shooting and, and editing and everything else. And you really, really, really found yourself in that, I think. I mean, you didn't find yourself. You already knew who you were. But I'm just really impressed at what you were able to put out. And I, I like to watch that channel kind of grow. Kind of came to get, like, that's my day job kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like. It's what you do. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You didn't, you didn't find yourself. You just kind of applied it to this space. And uh, it really helped out me kind of staying relevant in a space when I was down for a long time. You know, because I mean? forever people were like, oh, you're Mickey everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I was like, then I started my channel. So then people were kind of confused about yeah, like what yeah. it all was. But it's like, I'm part of everywhere, but I have my own thing. You're like the media arm. Yeah. So I, I service everywhere in media and like sort of helping shape the online stuff a little yeah. bit, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm more hard goods than uh, curation, cultural curation. But, you know, I think I've sort of found, I mean, I don't know that I've offered too much in this respect yet, but maybe on air, this is my official pitch to do more of it. <laughs> but, you know, I've found some certain designs that I've done for my own stuff. That's been Your like, it's been great, man. Pretty well received. Yeah, I'm, I really like how that's gone. Even people who I didn't think would care to like support me, like, or like bought merch and were like, Oh, this is a hot design. I'm like, Oh, I mean, I made it cause I thought it was hot, yeah. but I didn't know like how many people would think it was hot. You know what I mean? Well, it was funny. Cause like, I remember when you first started doing merch and stuff and I was a little bit like, Oh damn it. And I was, you know, I was injured. It wasn't really much I could do. And I was just like, I don't know how this is going to work for both of us, but your, your graphics and your aesthetic is, is, uh, is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I really like how you kind of put that together and it's very different from what I would do. So mm-hmm. I, so it's not like, I feel like, um, there's not any space for both of us to work kind of like in our own or develop both of those things. On yeah. Uh, but I think we can eventually start to mix some stuff. Well, we definitely I mean? will. We definitely will. I would say yours is more like cyberpunk. Oh, you, for sure. You have more of like a cyberpunk aesthetic to what you've released. <laughs> whereas obvious, I'm still trying to kind of like hold on to a little bit of like a more modern day downtown, like today, downtowny, yeah. like a little, not tech, but it's like I, I ride stuff, but like I'm not really a screaming that I ride stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think um, maybe I'm just I drink my own Kool-Aid, but I'm convinced for a while. I used to think like, oh, we're heading towards this cyberpunk future. Bl- I think we're in it. Like, I don't Yeah, No, we're, we're already here. <laughs> like, I don't like, you know, especially when COVID hit, I was like, we are living in Blade Runner. It doesn't look quite as badass in some respects, but there's no music playing in well, the background. It's hilarious because we're basically in Akira. We're, we're literally so in the year of Akira. You're like, your thing is Akira, right? Yeah, my thing is Akira. My thing is Blade Runner. Yeah. So, well, Akira is much better right now as an analogy, mostly because of the Tokyo Olympics and the COVID pandemic, which yeah. actually happens, I think, last year was 2020, right? Yes. Don't don't quote me on this now. I'm like the biggest Akira fan, and I can't give you the right dates. But I believe in Akira, it's 2019 mm-hmm. when this was when I Akira think you're correct is, is Akira, Akira is happening, and they're riding e-bikes. They're going against a rival gang who is still riding like petrol bikes, the clowns. All right. 
Um, you had the Tokyo Olympics. They're building the stadium for the Tokyo Olympics that were supposed to happen in the following year. Mm-hmm. And there's protests about a uh, health pandemic that's like kind of starting to grow. So there's people all protesting, like, we're not going to do this. This is crazy. No, that's, no, no. that's what I'm saying. We're and like in it. It's like a script, bro. Between that, The Simpsons, and all these other things, it's Because I feel like in my head, it's just too Hollywood. You know, like, yeah. I'm so like, oh, it's not. At first, I was like, it's not quite like, we don't have, you know, flying cars. Yeah. Like, I'm like Blade Runner style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have just like. Wait, the, new Blade Runner or old Blade Runner? Tom uh, Harrison Ford, Blade Runner? Or, well, okay. Uh, so to nerd out for two seconds. For sure, the answer to that is old Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. But the new one is just it's it's a it's a um, the next whatever the word is the sequel. Yeah, right. So it's later mm-hmm. in that universe. Right. So so it's not like trying to replace it. That's true. That's true. It's I, I'm Harrison actually, Ford as an old dude. I'm actually gonna say new Blade Runner. The first one always puts me to sleep. I still can't make it through mm, that. I can't go with you down that path. I can't. I just can't make it through it. And I love sci-fi films. Blade Runner. Although the one me. thing about the original Blade Runner was like there was still a lot of like gas stuff happening. Was it? Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of flames and yeah. fire and stuff like, like that. Like there was still like coal mines yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said, there's always a discrepancy in like yeah. from the movie to real life. But now I've just sat and like we're completely in it. it like, well, eating ramen now definitely reminds me <laughs> of Blade Runner because we're outdoors. Do you know how many times as a single dude I'm such an idiot where I was just like almost like cosplaying to myself where I'm like, I'm just going to get ramen here in New York city and put on like Vangelis music. (laughs) Listen to it. Yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, it's like my handle on VR stuff. So yeah, you definitely have more of a blade runner aesthetic. I'm definitely more like on an Akira, like vintage motoring, but we're in the future doing it. Like this post poke apocalyptic, like salvage, Mm-hmm. salvaging something that was there before in the future kind of yeah, yeah. appeal. And I think that's kind of how I approach it. We should start talking about what that looks like for those two things to collide for a future capsule collection. You, you know, when I think about that, the first thing that pops in my head is the movie Looper. Remember that movie oh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis? Mm-hmm. So you remember they had like regular Toyota Camrys, but with like solar panels on top of them. And yeah. Like everybody had like these converted. <laughs> that's how i picture it i don't know if i like that but that's how i picture it right now i mean i also like have like because it makes sense i have like the chinese influence because i mean all of yeah. our stuff's like chinese made basically right so well even sense. for everywhere we got a, a little bit of chinese uh that's right calligraphy in it on the uh, kung fu Tea i want to say there was a little part of, i definitely was like yo you should put everywhere like, in mandarin the kung, the kung fu Tea logo yeah. yeah and i did that so um, if you, just in case you guys check it out um in our Kung Fu logo, we have the Mandarin for everywhere as little whatever was Potentially, there I'll put up here when I like do this later, some imagery of the yeah. collection so they can yeah. see. Or you know what? What I'll probably do at the end of this, I'll put our little teaser trailer for some of the designs. Remember oh, that little yeah. video we made? We'll do something. Something so that you can see it. Um, but Yeah, but it's been a long time, man. It was just like between breaking my leg, having those two surgeries, and then right after that, COVID hit. And it was just like, wow. And I also moved. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was moving in between. But now you live in Chinatown. It's all perfect. Now I'm right by the (laughs) pole. We're we're nailing this cyberpunk Blade Runner Kira thing. I got all these lanterns now. They put all these lanterns up to like save Chinatown. Really? Yeah, on Mott Street. You can check it out. We should film that. Yeah, we got to film that. Um, But yeah, so hopefully by the time this airs, hopefully. There's only like one. There's like one bug. There's one bug we're trying to figure out. Okay. And has something to do with like autoplay on mobile, mobile devices. Yeah. So once we figure that out. Well, to be fair, just because we're on air here, 
I think if there's a small little bug like that, potentially we can still make it go live as we still work on it. All right. I think people still just want to buy. You know, this whole journey has been a lesson in making compromises. <laughs> I'm not saying don't fix it. I'm just no, saying maybe no, no, we no. go live before it's completely well, perfect. We'll see what happens by the end of the week. But this, this whole journey has been like a for me learning how to make compromises I had to make a lot of compromises on things you know as we were like constantly producing stuff remember the jackets we were making for mm-hmm. um the street drags event yeah that we gave to alan shout out to alan for winning Who that never wears it he's too t- he's too small for it i don't think we expected a 14 year old kid to win. Uh, to be fair to vt and alan uh, the end of that kind of yeah weird. it was it was very messy at the end we i mean listen it's experimental and that's what we said from the beginning we're like we're just trying things out like what kind of events yeah. can we have with unis? Like, what kind of standardized racing can we have with them outside of going like a go kart track? We, I remember specifically, we at the end it, it got a little messy. It was like we ran out of people. We got kicked out of IKEA. We got kicked out of the spot. There so, our first. So spot. then it was like we ran out of uh, somebody like dropped out or something. Anyway, so we were like, "What do you guys want to do?" We kind of put it up, right? It was yeah. like, "What do you guys want to do?" Uh, and in the end, it was like we changed the track. Yeah. So we what happened spot. was. These guys got used to the track. They'd seen the track. They ran the track. Mm-hmm. So it was brand fresh, new. It was kind of dark. So the first time that our last few final guys did it, they kind of like made some errors that we were like, okay, do you guys want to forgive that and just redo it? But then that happened, and then it was just like VT lost. So it was kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like normally that if you were like if it was F1, that wouldn't happen. Uh, no, it wouldn't happen. But so I think VT's a little sour that he like. <laughs> but he was a good sport. He, he let was definitely. Alan he was actually win. a really good sport, and he and he did take it very well. And uh, I think privately he's just <laughs> a little mad. <laughs> I'd be a little mad too. The jacket was tight because dude. we always go. Alan won the drag. I'm actually mad like, that he hasn't worn the jacket. I'm like, yo, can I have that back? <laughs> it was kind of fresh. yeah. We spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> and it, was, it was expensive, but for get that it was dope yeah it was cool uh yes yeah, so we did that um we did that ride to mitsua yep we did uh escape what we call it escape from new york uh mitsua run yeah well and the more important thing is we have some great stuff coming up events but obviously the covid threw a lot of stuff out but so yeah, like this spring yeah, yeah, we are yeah. march april may march whatever somewhere around that we were going to do um our version of like an ev alley cat yeah that will come. We're just kind of, we don't, obviously we have a lot of rides now, but we really don't want to like have something crazy organized while it's still like harsh lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. I mean, people can feel however they want to feel about the virus and you and I debate a lot and stuff like that too. I just think like we have a little bit of a responsibility to try to be respectful to people who have lost family members and, mm-hmm. you know, just, I've seen it, you know, I work in a hospital, so it, it is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, speaking on the alley cat, that is definitely something that we hope to get going this spring um you know again i I raced fix so we've done a lot of those hopefully we can pull mackie in and uh avi who rides a onyx maybe i think we could i mean i think especially now that onyx exists mackie and all those people and like maybe we can get is it light speed we can maybe get them to sponsor the event or something maybe to some level we'll see what the the margins are i mean i feel like a lot of people a lot of people in this space are all struggling for money (laughs) for sure but i mean i think for you know if you're listening and you're one of the vendors or dealers dealers we deal with like hit us up uh we really want to get some people just a big sponsored event yeah not for us to gain income but we wanted to we want to get everyone's name out there we want to kind of yeah. build a community up and like and really also we want to solve some debates like which uh which vehicle is best for moving through the city yeah right because you know? right so we got e-bikes e-scooters e-boards electric unicycle am i missing anything else 
That's about it. Yeah, so those different things have different ways of moving. I said scooters. I said scooters. Uh, through the city. And the EUC guys are pretty set on the fact that they believe one of us would win. Yeah. Um, and then... I'll put my money on a The, on a the scooter guys... On a, think, sorry, EUC. Right. The scooter guys think they'll win because, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're super fast. The e-bike guys think they'll win because they're super fast. Yeah. But maybe it's not about speed. Maybe, um, no, it's not about it's speed. I mean, it's also about navigation. The way we would definitely set it up is you yeah. have to kind of know where you're going. Um, and again, maybe the grid. maybe what we'll do for out-of-towners is uh, we'll maybe give them like a manifest a little early so that they can kind of map out. I mean, they can just kind of study Google Maps. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, if we give the manifest like... We give everyone manifest early, right? Like, No, I'm not giving everybody manifest early. No, locals are going to get a surprise drop. Oh. Okay. Locals are getting a surprise drop because that's part of the bragging, right? Like, oh, I know how to get here. I know how to get there. I don't want them planning their routes okay. out. Out so of towners, you a few can days early, they get the manifest. Out of towners, maybe the night before, because you know, night before, like, okay. Leaks, bro. You can't trust those leaks. All right, leaks. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Leaks. No, but I think an alley cat, an electric alley cat, would be really, really sick in the city. I just, um, it's a little, it's a little difficult to put on. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, our, our scene's a little bit different, so I'm liabilities things like that just want to make sure everybody's cool and they understand the risk that they're taking and participating in anything you yeah know what i mean i mean it's like yeah you're responsible kind of for your own yeah yeah so right we'll on. see what's up maybe the spring we can get it out if uh, the world opens back up but f- but for now for now we've all been doing polo we've been doing polo we've been doing a lot of polo and so you and i have been playing polo for a couple of years now um and this was back to our original trinity mm-hmm. of clinton hill between ui and rue uh, one winter, it was just like, dude, too cold to do any type of riding anywhere. Yeah, right. It was freezing. We had these tiny batter, tiny batteries too, three hundred forty watt hour in mine. Like, where was I going? I couldn't even make it across the bridge. I think at that time. I definitely think my first wheel was like eight hundred. Yeah, you had the the fourteen D, so you got a little bit more S. I had like the lowest spec. I just wanted to throw yeah. a little bit of money in and get into the space, and I was very happy with my six hundred dollar investment. But uh, yeah, so we started playing polo. Um, you know, I threw the idea out there. I'm like, yo, let's just get some mallets and go. Rue, again, being the first person that charged, immediately ordered mallets. And we were playing like a week later. And uh, it was just the three of us. We played in the winter times. You know, Rue left. And it was you and I. And I was like, dude, I, I miss playing polo. Like, I want to play polo. Like, I want to make this bigger. Let's see if we can get, you know, everybody else into it. And then COVID made, it, made the locals really perk up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the interesting part about all that. Yeah, I think um, I want to say a special thanks to Francisco. Mm -hmm. Uh, Francisco and his Mm -hmm. wife came to Polo every single week that we did it. And has been like a super, super, uh, has has played a huge role in like kind of keeping this going. Because when we first started, not that many people were really interested in playing. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just... They didn't quite get it. They they don't get it, you know? People don't understand uh, the concept of it. They're like, wait, what? We're playing polo? I think the fact that we call it polo also kind of throws people off because they imagine horses right away. Me, I'm imagining bikes because I always watch bike polo. Well, same. But I think people are like, wait, what? I don't don't even get it. Shouldn't you have like elephants or something? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, the elephant is a monster pro. Bring it. No, but... um, so yeah, we're doing we're doing polo now, and Francisco really came. We started doing three versus uh, three for all. We you know, uh, yep, yep. Half court. We've came up to different rules for different uh, scenarios. We tried different courts. Your phone got stolen at one court. Oh, that was awful. The pizza court. I actually like that court too. It's really cool. No, court. I mean great court. I just <laughs> <laughs> your, your phone, phone stolen, stolen was yeah. bad. 
Um, it's Polo has kind of saved EUC riding for me. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that far. Polo well, has I saved think, well, EUC you, riding for you me. You were injured, so you were trying to chill. But it wasn't. You know, it wasn't injury because my first surgery. As soon as I was able to walk again, I was riding. Mm. You know, I, was, I did that ride in the Bronx. To your detriment. Yeah. It was, well, yeah. I did that ride in the Bronx with those guys when they were planning out that thing. I did the, mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. scouting ride and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm not scared of anything. So for people who don't know what EUC Polo is, let me just say two things and I'll let you take it. Yeah, so so basically, it. I like to say we invented EUC Street Polo because before us, there was EUC Polo on grass, mm-hmm. like probably in Britain mm-hmm. and uh, I think even some other places in America. But so basically that... No, that definitely ex- not in America. It was those, that one group of people. Was in, it just Britain? It was that one group of people so, in Britain. Yeah, so there was that, that existed. But we took it from a bike polo perspective, put it onto EUCs, and then we have like basically EUC street polo. Yeah. People always ask, so what's it called? We just say, it's polo. It's polo, yeah. Um, but we started the Everywhere League and... Now we've gotten people across the country kind of interested and they're forming their own teams. Yeah. And then eventually um, we're going to have whenever it's like safe enough, um, especially for travel and things like that, um, a big invitational. We're thinking maybe summertime is like the hope. It'll probably be the summer, dude. Spring is like three months away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So summertime invitational where people cross whatever. If you form a team in France, come on over, right? Yeah, definitely. But across the globe can show up. And we'll play a big championship event, but let let us know kind of like what's the how does it work? What's polo all about? So polo, uh, back when you're saying street polo, started off from bike polo, which started off from polo polo. But, right, right, right. Uh, bike polo, they call it hard court. So you know you have clay courts, grass court. We play hard court polo. Um, we have a really awesome polo facility in Chinatown the new york city bike polo pit mm-hmm. which has kind of been abandoned we actually had a fight for that a little bit in the beginning remember we had yeah, a couple remnants of bike polo there in the beginning and they were kind of like not letting us use the court but we showed uh persistence and it seems like we've got the court to ourselves now yeah not in a mean way which is not like, in a mean way no we were just we showed up every sunday and we did our thing and so we've got the court now pretty much officially every sunday but bike polo is basically we play uh, a couple different formats so the main format was three versus three Three on three. Um, we play full court three on three. Mm-hmm. Um, starts off with a joust, which is one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Is a very exciting spectator, you know, spectator uh, moment. Right. But it right. uh, starts with a joust, and then you're basically trying to best to score a goal in your opponent's goal. There's no feet down. If you touch your foot down, you got to double tap the center of your court or the side of your court. It all depends on, you know, what your facilities are to play. Right. You can right. adjust the rules, however. But it's basically no feet down, double tap if you do. Uh, we play first one to seven usually. Um, and it's a ton of fun. It really teaches you skills. It really teaches you how to handle your wheel. Um, and it really teaches you how to be a better rider, I think so. Yeah, most people who play, they walk away going, man, I can see how these skills will translate to me riding. Yeah, and then they come back next week complaining about all the pain they were in the first day. Then we had, so there's a lot of people, I mean, we're like clearly obsessed with it, which we should be because we kind of yeah. run it and started it. But then we have like, but like, I only run it and start it because I'm obsessed with it. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> so like, then we have guys like Aslan who, oh man, he came and we just became immediately obsessed so much so that he kind of forgot about like, it's kind of the safety perspective of yeah. the game. 
went full send. What do you call it? What did he do? He went he went uh, nuclear. Nuclear and went straight into a wall. So our polo pit has walls around it. Yeah, like two sides. Beyond si- the line. So there's like out of bounds and then there's a wall. Yeah, two sides of our court have a close proximity wall. Three? Oh, two sides. I guess the two other sides. two are kind of spaced out yeah. a little better. So he went into a wall and then was out for quite a few months. Yeah, man. He's back again and clearly has figured out that he can chill and play aggressive all at the same time. I will tell you, man, the first day that he showed up was like the most surprising thing ever because he was on that 18L or 18XL. Yeah, he's still riding it. Bro, he was moving on that thing. Moving. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, right? Because polo is not about high speed. No, it's not about high speed at all. Um, and actually, we found out because I've tried different wheels on this, like, it's not completely high torque. It's just kind of like really about like juking out your opponent and controlling the ball. There's still guys when they come in, I try to like audibly help them because the better we all get, the better we all get. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you grab that ball, sometimes it's good to just knock it out of your zone. Right. right. But most of the time I'm like yelling like, yo, control it, control it. You know, yeah. we swap teams all the time because mm-hmm. we're just trying to train everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's always someone different. I'm like, just control the ball. Like, get the ball. Like, not every time should you swing at it like you're trying to score Well, there's, a, there's a lot of strategy in it. So, like, I was telling you last weekend uh, when you and I were just kind of playing around, I said, I need to figure out how to defend you as you're approaching the goal, but I'm in front of you. You yeah. know what I mean? I wasn't sure how to go about to a, to a, to a protect my goal, but also get the ball from your control. So there's, there's tons of strategy, even when it comes to, like, arcs. One of the things is, is it's a lot of arcs in it. So you're, you're doing a lot of turns and you're arcing kind of around the, the court because that's the nature of EUC is correct. The good thing about it is, is as you're coming up against your opponent, you can kind of determine, okay, he's able to arc at this angle. So if I come, I'm going to come around this way and he's not going to be able to, you know, uh, intercept me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real fun part about it. It's the mental. It's almost like playing chess a little bit or even being like a samurai and kind of like, you know, planning out your attack. Like, I'm going to come this yeah. way and then come this way, and he's not going to be able to make that turn because, you know, he just can't turn that fast in the UCs. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. Like, last time we were playing, I was thinking about, okay, uh, there are certain people I've played with enough to where I'm starting to, like, figure out in the back of my head somewhere, like, how you move. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were playing. I was It was, like, late at night, and you were doing your thing. And I'm like, okay, I feel like in this moment what he's going to do is like he's gonna do a couple of squishes and he's gonna try to do a like a behind the back thing and so I'm preparing for that and then I was like able to stop you yeah. and I was like Ooh, now it's starting to get interesting I've noticed that because I've, I realized you kind of expect like my behind the back and bringing it back the other way so I've kind of had to switch it up I'm like all right or like I'll just wait like I'll come at you and then I'll wait yeah because I'm trying to see because eventually you're gonna to have to do a move that we all have to do which is like aligns you up for the shot. Yeah, something like that, or, or like go to pass, and so there's like a moment where like I know you're gonna have to pull back, and whew, that's when I can get in there or whatever, you know. Like so, we can go on and on about this all day because we just yeah. we're obsessed with like the inner workings of polo. <laughs> yeah, and like we talk about too, like okay, so when you go to hit it, you got to hit it on the mallet side, right? Or, or, or I guess the short. Yeah, when you hit on the mallet side, that's that's a strike. If you uh, you can use any part of the mallet, and they call it a shuffle, which is like when you see us pushing it with the flat end. Right. So basically, though, a lot of times what happens is you, there's kind of a small margin for error. It's not you can't be completely bad at it. Right. So you you have to hit it pretty dead on. If not, you cut it inwards towards yourself mm-hmm. or outwards away from you, kind of like a soccer ball, right? right. Like so, you kind of have to nail it right at the right spot. That's always so frustrating. Like when you go to 
even if it's a small swing or a big wind up, we were always saying it's like when you go to wind up and then you go to hit it, if you cut it wrong, it, I always think it, like boxing, it feels like that like boxing coaches say like, it takes like more effort and power to swing in this yeah. than to land the punch. Right. And it's kind of like that. Like when you hit just off, it's, it's definitely like that. And it's, uh, it's something that really makes you want to get back in there and try it again immediately. Yeah, you're like, oh, like, I need to get this down. I need yeah. to get this down. You know, I'm thinking about actually painting like certain parts of my mallet head. Like maybe just putting like some red paint on one side. Mm. So I know here's a sweet spot. Or yeah, something. yeah. Or not yeah. a sweet spot, but I just have like a, cause you know, sometimes you swing and you just, you don't have the right angle in your hand right, and it's just right. off a little bit. I, I just I feel like I need like a visual aid, some lines or yeah, something. Because I'm tired of losing to you, you know what I mean. So once I get my visual aid popping, <laughs> to be fair, the guys have gotten really. Good. So for a while, it's true. I was, I weirdly, again, I'm not a very like um, athletic sportsman mm. kind of guy. I don't watch any sports, right? Um, except for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which you should all watch <laughs> every year on Fourth of July. I catch the highlights, but. <laughs> What I like, it's like 10 minutes long. Uh, yeah, yeah the so ones put up on the news with the guy, he's I was like, fold. it's like Kobayashi, he did it again. No, he's done. I know he's done. He has like mouth cancer. Joey Chestnut, right? uh, Joey Chestnut, right? Joey Chestnut, he's here. the big mustard champ. All right, all right. And anyway, so yeah, like I became like weirdly like the best guy out there for a while, but now it's. For uh, to the point where I was like, it's not a challenge. Mm -hmm. But now everyone got really good, in a sense. So it's like, ooh, now it's a challenge. Now I'm like, it, I'm not bored anymore. You know what I mean? Well, you know what's funny too? I think people are bringing different styles. Do you know who brought a wildly different style to polo? Who? Oh. Ruben. And it's not just his wheel. So Ruben is a friend of ours that we've known. I've known since I've met Mick, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I met him at the Z10 event. He lives in Queens, deep Queens, and rides... A very long commute. Does I think he, he has one of the... Is he Rockaway or something? Far Rockaway, dude, I yeah. think. And he commutes all the way to Clinton Hill every day. Mm. And back. That's, I think, the so longest... So he's on the monster. He's riding. on the monster now. And he... We don't recommend the monster on e Polo. This guy moves on that monster. Yeah. And he came out first day. Did a great job. I think he kind of had an idea of, of what it was in his head. And he played... But he plays a very different type of polo so the first the first weekend he came out he was moving around the court just moving that, that monster and uh mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me i remember just hearing it like you can almost hear the momentum of that thing like whizzing by you you know what mm -hmm. i mean i felt like we couldn't get close to it and you couldn't get close to him because of how big the wheel is yeah it was insane so that was day one but then he came back the next week and very strategic like it was lots of passes, lots of like interacting and playing. You're off always the ball. missing passes. Uh, when I say missing, I mean like there was like key players, but we weren't team working. You know. I think last weekend when we played, it was a lot of teamwork. Yeah, it was, and I actually liked being on Aslan's team. <clears throat> like I feel like we kind of his buddy, <laughs> this poor guy, is it <coughs> Tim? Is his name or something? Yeah, like, Tim. Tim. Tim was was he's hilarious. He's gonna need a little more time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to need some time. I suck at it. Yeah. I have good, like, movements. I think my ball control and my off-ball play is pretty decent. My scoring, horrible. Really? My scoring is horrible. It's great when we play around in practice. Like, we're just, like, talking, chit-chatting, and, like, doing whatever. But once the game starts and there's, like, three people or six people on the court, mm -hmm. for some reason, my scoring is just... 
Tom I think Alec is one of the first people that gave me a run for my money. Alec came out and did a great job. Also, shout out to him for coming out every weekend. He's been out there, like because he's a true like he he had no other like preconceived notions about what EUC is all about, right? He just kind of like saw it and was like, "This is interesting." Yeah, you know, because like again, because he's not in the downtown scene too much. You know, no, he's not. I think he lives in Queens too, right? Yeah, yeah. So for him, he's like in Astoria or something. So for him, it's like this makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so Alec is funny, like the way he perceives his playing, like I'm always like, oh, I, if I can beat Alec, that's when I'm on my A game. Yeah, no, he's... A, Which he's, is funny because he probably would be surprised to hear that. Right, right. I think so. I think he's pretty humble in his play and then he's a great player and I, I love playing with these guys, man. Yeah. I'm really glad to see them out there every weekend. And the biggest thing is I actually want to get good. I'm really excited to, to keep playing and like learn different techniques like... So, you know, bike polo existed already. So I'm kind of aware of like what is possible with a mallet and ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I cannot wait to really learn uh, some ball control like scoops. You know, I keep talking about scoops and like I can't wait till we really like integrate that into our gameplay. None of us are good enough to get there yet. Mm-hmm. But I think by the summer, we, we might be having some scoop action going. I mean, Ruben, was, we, were, we were discussing like flying V, Mighty Duck style plays oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. like no formations one, what i'm saying is like ruben is a great guy and he brought a lot to the table in the sense that like we we're waiting for people to show up to yeah. like bring that you know what i mean right. like before there wasn't enough guys to like consider that conversation no we're just playing like free for all yeah, yeah oh shout out to chris as well turbo yep turbo yeah big shout out to him for coming out and playing with Rest us in peace, uh, turbo. <laughs> he's not dead he's not dead he'll be back he's taking a break a much needed break but um, yeah, big shout out to him. Thank Although you. he's got a Shermie, so I don't know how he's gonna play. But he'll find a cheap. We basically somewhere. figured out that. Ba- okay, so here's the skinny. Like, if you've got a 16 inch wheel, that is the ideal. You can play with an 18. It's not as ideal as a 16. You can no. play with a 14. Weirdly enough, not as ideal as a 16. We um, learned that early on. Yeah. Well, no, because we I really gave it like three or four weeks of the um, of my MCM five yeah. to see. Because on all but levels, we learned in my head, that, that back on be... our original 14 inch wheels. Remember when we had our MSX? But I was I on a big wheel though, so. No, nah, but you already you still had your 14D at the time. I never played polo with it. We did one day. We tried because we were all Maybe. like, we think that the 14 inch wheels would be the greatest. We went out there one day. It was cold as shit. Either way, and it was horrible. 16 is optimal. Clearly, you can play with an 18 because a lot of you guys still do it. Um, but there's well, that's the thing because I feel like answer me if I'm wrong. The times when you're just like, damn it, like when you're against me, it's because I was able to just like swivel out of the way quick enough. Yeah, yeah. You're usually able to kind of like torque towards the ball really, really quickly and swivel out of the way really quick. Your, your maneuvers are very tight. Yeah. So each wheel has its limitations in terms of how tight it can turn. You know, outside right. of like straight up vertical turns, where you're doing like that. But like Ruben's twist. making it work on a 22. He is. So he you know, you can basically use anything, but you know, the optimal is a sixteen. Optimal is definitely sixteen inches. But so, I do enjoy playing on my MSX. I think it's a lot of fun. It feels different than when I hop on like a sixteen inch wheel. Right. I have like a little everything have has its you know pros and cons. Right. So you guys should form your own teams. Follow yeah. our Instagram, the everywhere.nyc Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and you'll see kind of what we do. We're gonna probably put out a video soon of like a rules and engagement kind of yeah. thing, like how, how it all works yeah we're gonna, gonna put that out um they're very loose you know you just find up find a court that you can play in something that's either caged or has some walls around it so you don't chase some balls all day yeah if you can i know like yeah. when i went down to dc they 
couldn't find that very no. well. I mean, well, I think a lot of it was like if there was that, it was heavily basketball. Like they wouldn't give it up. Yeah, but, people are playing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but caged off or, or whatever, walled off is preferable. Yeah. And um, see what's up. You can make mallets out of uh, ski poles, PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, experiment with some things. The balls are typically uh, street hockey balls. There are specific polo balls, but we're eventually going to have all of our own products on the website as well. So we are working on mallets. Um, I've been ordering different shafts and all types of materials, exotic, common, you know, getting mm-hmm. uh, connectors made. One of the things is I want to make sure our mallets are two-piece. Yeah, um, you most, can fit into a backpack. Yes, you can fit into a backpack. A lot of bike, all the bike polo mallets are all one piece. And the reason is because you can just hook it up to your top tube and ride off into the sunset. We don't really have that luxury. We carry backpacks everywhere. So two-piece mallets are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all using two-piece mallets, but you can no longer get them. So we're going to be producing our own. And uh, we've already started on it. Uh, there should be, we should have more prototypes in, in the next like two or three weeks. The current prototype we have now didn't make the cut yeah and i'm not gonna send you guys anything that sucks so <laughs> fair enough so if you guys form your own teams, no compromises get good yeah and look forward to coming and playing against us try to beat nyc and also we're gonna actually come and play with you guys um i know as soon as we get the mallets made i plan on trying to visit some cities that are nearby i want to go to philadelphia probably first because mm-hmm. i have a lot of friends in philly and uh, we'll come out and do a clinic, you know, introduce you guys to the sport. So if, you know, keep an eye out for courts, try to find a place that you guys recommend us to play at when we come out there. But I think Philly, you did DC already, right? Yeah. Yeah. So DC's DC. already, already introduced. Uh, Philly's probably going to be next. Might maybe even hit Boston. Yeah. Boston for sure. There's definitely a lot of people in Massachusetts. And so. we know a couple of them too. Yeah. So Cobra's out there. Cobra's out there. You strides out there. You stride. Our friends that came to our uh, Mitsua ride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Anthony. And, Anthony uh, and um, I cannot remember. It was years ago, man. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> it was years ago. A lot has happened since then. Yeah, Don't be mad at me. A lot of that's, But yeah, thanks a lot for coming guys. out and supporting. And uh, yeah, we plan to make some moves this year, man. We're going to be moving around. I got to get out of the city a little bit. So, so far, we've, we've done a... You wanted to keep it short. Well, where are we're, we at right now? We're about at almost hour or hour 48 roughly this is an hour and 48 minutes so i mean there's a there was actually probably less than that because we had a little your little oh, we did break. have a little bathroom break i'm sorry but so we can we can call it here if you want or we could talk more about i'm very interested in talking a lot about your custom built e-bike but maybe we can save it for another time it's up to you we can talk about it maybe we'll ma- save it for another time i feel like we spoke a lot on this is kind of good about a lot of good EUC stuff here. Yeah, we gotta, maybe we'll come back. Maybe to we'll that. come back and do a bike. We're yeah, we'll bring you back. We'll do a bike thing. Yeah, because that's a super fascinating. I mean, it's no secret that your bike is my favorite bike in the city. It's not just because we're friends, but <laughs> um, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, your bike is my favorite because in specifically in like New York City, right? To me, it, it's perfect because it's like. I mean, a you got the power and all that jazz going on for it, but like, it does. It's not loud, right? Like it's yeah. it. It almost feels like either a just like a fat wheeled bike that because you can take the battery out and park it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like maybe just a fat wheel bike that's well, kind of weird or special, but it doesn't. It's not loud like an Onyx or, or so a Suron. Th- so that's when that's that goes back to my 
my uh my fixed gear days and the reason why like messengers used fixed bikes in the beginning was because it didn't have derailers and brakes and all these things that i like, grab attention you wanted something you could just lock up and you know a crackhead isn't going to steal it while you're making your delivery you know what i mean because he's not going to think he's going to get a buck for it it's just like a single speed ain't even no gears on this man <laughs> you know right. and so that's really kind of how i approached this bike i wanted to stick with like the 204 tire uh format the fat bike tire I think it's cool to kind of be like in this standardized bicycle realm. Yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, the Super 73s were using that and stuff, and I was interested in it. So I threw together this thing. I wanted it to look simple. I wanted it to be lightweight, mm-hmm. something that I can live with. Yeah. And those are the two things I spoke about a lot during this podcast was like New York City livability. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't go to my homegirl's crib and be like, yo, can I bring my bike in? And she lives in the studio. My bike's taking up half the studio. Right. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? We've tried a lot of like mini bikes from different companies, like Emotion or different people. That's super cool, actually. Like I've told you, like I would actually like to find a way to soup up like the Inmotion P1F to where I had massive range. Yeah. I don't think I need to go above like 22, 25 on it. Yeah, well, it does like 22 already. That's what yeah. I mean. Like keep the speed, but I just want to like have like insanity range on it. My so complaint with that it. bike was always the throttle, but those mini bikes. Yeah. Or it's a whole other thing. I love the mini bikes. Well, if InMotion's listening, we'd love to collab on an InMotion P3. Yeah, you guys need a P3. The P2 was okay. Yeah. The P1 is actually really cool. And it really helped me out when my leg yeah. was broken because I rode that thing everywhere. So it just needs good, great torque, great acceleration off the line, um, crazy range. But it's not. I, I would say 25 is your cap. There's yeah, no yeah, reason no to go more above than that. that. The braking performance on those like short wheelbase vehicles at that speed, anyway, is like horrendous. So that could be improved upon too. In an emergency situation, let me yeah. be specific. Right, right, right. Um, uh, imagine if they made it like have some of the abilities of an Onyx, where like one of the brakes was a regen slash cut the motor yeah. situation. Well, that's what I would always think it would be needed, like some kind of regen, uh, like the Unagi scooters. Mm-hmm. The Unagi scooters, I don't think they have mechanical brakes, do they? Isn't it all regen? Something like that would like be great. Like Yeah, GT, something like E2. that would be great for the um, for the the micro bike segment. Yeah. So, any of you still this far into the podcast, send us to InMotion. <laughs> Tell them, <laughs> yeah, let them our know. idea for a dope e bike. Um, I'm sure I talk to them all the time, so I'm sure. Yeah. They can but but e bikes are great. I mean, I think a lot of people. So so it's funny. New York scene, right? You had the boosted scene was a, was first, I would say. The mm-hmm. boosted were on the scene first. EUCs were slowly catching up in speed or and usability or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of e-boarders were switching to EUC. Massively that in this Massive. City. That's been yeah. like, I mean, honestly, we have like what four regular e-boarders that show up at HQ. You got the two, the two uh, I call them the brothers. They're not the, brothers. The though. last of it that we probably don't see are just like boosted guys who, who X-way guys. Are, are, are just like around yeah still riding their boards and not really being a part of anything but mostly yeah everybody converted to euc for the most part and now you have a lot of euc guys converting the bikes now a lot of euc guys are are becoming suron uh riders i think more scooter guys too the scooter guys are going to bikes too so the leader of like the ecs new york clyde clyde yeah he's got an onyx now he got onyx which is interesting i want to have him on the podcast clyde has a lot of vehicles though and they're all really cool that yeah. little trike thing that he has, oh, the, I the recumbent that. bike. You haven't seen it, no, no, dude. No. He has a he has a Boffing BBSHD. I don't even powered, know what you're saying, but it sounds cool. Uh, it's a mid drive motor, but <laughs> he has a BBSHD uh, powered recumbent bike, and I think it's a trike. So it's one wheel in the back, two wheels in, in the, the front. front. 
lays down in it. The motor is in front. And dude, the thing probably does like 40 miles an hour. Sick. Yeah. Well, he's least. on my list. Uh, we were talking at Halloween. Yeah. He's a cool guy. It's been a minute since Halloween, but, <laughs> but we were talking then about it. Yeah. But a lot of people are moving to the bikes. Um, yeah. It's come on. It's only natural. You know, the, the easy. Can... Yeah. You <laughs> keep this guy away from all two wheeled vehicles, not all two wheeled vehicles, but the fast bikes and the twitchy throttles. Let's keep I, this I, guy away from it. I think the, the real, real here is like, I just need to own one in some yes. capacity to like yeah. put, put the hours in. Yes. You have to, you, you have to know your vehicle, especially when it comes to something that's custom as customizable as a bike. So like EUCs, you know, hard mode, soft mode. Clark pads, regular pads, you know, basically a tire. Thanks for distilling our whole thing into like five words. Dude, I'm an EUC <laughs> rider, bro, but it's the truth. You no, know no, no, no. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot. Um, <clears throat> it's just different. We'll yeah, it's that different. Way. It's different. You, but you can't do too much of like tunability. They're all about the same. But the bikes, right. you're talking about all it, types of things. Yeah, it's almost a little overwhelming. Yeah, I, and I actually, it's funny because I don't ride anybody's bike. I don't know if you've noticed that. But people are always like, hey, hop I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like well you have a nice one i mean well it's not just because of that it's just i don't i don't know what's going on with your bike i don't know what's you know i don't want to hop on this thing yeah, i'm yeah. in the corner and i'm like laid out somewhere the, the weirdest part though like at hq you see all the bike guys and they're like mm -hmm. they, the other night they let a random stranger who told them he rides motorcycles they all i'm not kidding you not all the surround guys were like please get on my bike ride my bike see how awesome it is and okay. i was like Y'all are crazy. Let what if he breaks it? And they were like, he said he rides motorcycles. that. And I go, I don't, what, he's lying. I have a story for you. Okay. All right. So, um, famous New York City pro skater, Dave Ortiz. Mm -hmm. Dave Ortiz uh, opened up a sneaker store that was huge in the sneaker culture called DQM, or Dave's Quality Meats. Mm -hmm. Basically, it was on, I think, 4th Street. And... Uh, fourth street right off of lafayette like when you're heading to hq mm -hmm. and it looked like a butcher shop like you walked in there it was like all the refrigerated they had sneakers hanging from like meat hangers and all this stuff and idea. they would give you like papers cool dave quality meats right anyway dave ortiz was big into fixed gear bikes it was, it was later in his career he was mm -hmm. a growing up dude he was riding he had this like green he had a green uh Bianchi or something like that. I don't remember. It was custom powder coated, I think white wheels or something like that. Like all this stuff. Sure. So we're hanging out at, uh, what's that bar on Allen street? You know where the bike lane is? Mm -hmm. Epstein's bar. Oh, okay. Epps. Yeah. So everybody's at Epps, whatever. And this guy's like, yo, let me, let me sit on your bike. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, let me ride your bike. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy never comes back. And he's just like gone. This is gone. Never comes back. So he's just standing and he's like, damn, man. You know, whatever. That's like an awful feeling. Oh, and that will happen here in New York. So don't let anybody ride your bike. But months later, one of his friends comes back from like vacation or whatever, shows up and he's comes in his apartment and he calls up Dave and he's like, yo, Dave. It bikes my apartment, dude. You can, you can come get it. And he's like, what? <laughs> Weird. His roommate was walking, you know, whatever. Someone was like, hey, man, I got this bike for sale. And he's like, no, I need a bike. Looks like a cool bike. All right. Bought the bike. <laughs> and uh, ended up getting this bike back. That's a once in a lifetime. But don't let anybody jump on your shit, man. They will just take off and not come back. Uh, so this last instance, I will say, um, if there's any redeeming quality about it was the guy who's like, I ride motorcycles. He, he had like a 
clearly a very expensive dog he was walking. Ah, uh, okay. And he said, you can hold my dog while I... Well, what if he was a dog walker? Fair. But that's, I mean, that was my thing. It was like, why are you letting this random dude Mm-mm. ride off on your bike? I mean, like, because he was like, oh, I'm just go up and down St. Mark's. But he then did that, like a loop around the block. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the, everybody was like, listen, we got this expensive dog. He's going to come back for it. Anyway, he did, obviously. Yeah. He seemed like a nice guy, and he wasn't lying about anything because he really kind of took to the bike. Yeah. But still, forget, like, the stolen aspect. Like, you know, you see guys, we're all, like, at least here in New York, we're super stingy. Like, people I know, like, let me ride your Sherman. I'm like, no. Oh, man, I made the mistake of jumping on Jerry's modded monster when he got, like, that first extendo battery thing. So he rode my Sherman the other night. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, but, yeah, you, you did the thing that we all don't want to happen. It wasn't even a full drop. It was like a slight pedal scrape. No, I'm sorry about that, man. My bad. <laughs> it happens. It was heavy, dude. I was like, what the Jer- hell? Jerry said he's been walking for the last few months. Yeah? He's not riding anything. Mm. I'm like, wow. I was like, oh, were you out of town? He goes, no. <laughs> he, looked, like, he, he looks slim. Yeah, I'm like, when I, saw him. I said, you're not allowed to be that skinny, dude. Dude, I've been wa- I walk a lot still. Who walks? I walk. No. I usually walk to dinner. No walking. I like walking. No. Nope. You know what it is on the EUCs and the, e- and the electric stuff? I just feel like I miss a lot of, like, life. Ironically enough. When I had the V8F to review, one of the things, as much as, like, I was, like, trying to give a review and all that jazz, like, I really appreciated that I couldn't go that fast because yeah. I was like, oh, that's what you look like, New York. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, looking at stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? And you like, people, and I, I love people watching. That's one of my favorite things, so... When I'm flying around, I feel like I just miss, like, even a subway. You see so many people, interesting things in the subway. It's like kind of like you miss that part of it. So nah, that's I've been what trying. TikTok's for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to walk around a little bit more, and it's, it's nice. Yeah. Even on the bike, actually. My bike is faster than my UC, but when I'm on the bike, I actually tend to ride a little bit slower. I get that. When I'm by myself. I'm kind of just cruising, just looking at stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, this has been a very... This has been long. No, no, it's not the longest. John Angel has got the record. I'm so. sure. You know, it's John. You know, he's an overachiever. He's... Yeah. <laughs> so now he's going to come give me a f- long phone call. Hey. Um, anyways, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks a lot. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I mean, it's kind of incoherent, just like blah, blah, blah. No, I think they're. Yeah, we're good. After every podcast, I always think the same thing. Yeah. And I always get, this is great, very pointed. We loved it. You know what I mean? So people are, right. are digging it. But Well, if you guys want me to come back on, like I'm actually in this office all the time. So Leave me a comment. Leave some comments. Uh, write some specific things you'd like us to talk about and cover. It will make it a little bit more focused. Um, please, please, please try out Polo. When we get everything going and stuff... Just, just look into it. Look into the bike polo stuff, too. And just think about, whoa, imagine if we were going faster on yeah. our things. And on trust me, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. And, again, hopefully by the time this airs, the um, everywhere.nyc website will be up. Yes, that's E-V-W-H-E-R-E dot N-Y-C. Everywhere.nyc. A lot of people um, think it's everywhere. Nah, so it's everywhere. So basically, it's a play on New York slang. So, you know, people tend to drop like syllables and everything and make it real lazy and simple. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we out here everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so go to the website, buy some merch, support uh, the EV scene. But really, I mean, I think it's good stuff. It's like, it's cool. I would love if I if I wasn't part of it, I would be into it. Honestly, you know? I really couldn't keep a lot of the stuff in the house. That's why it's only like half the collection on the website when we launched. Like people were really coming and snatching this stuff from me. So, yeah. um, 
I think you're you wearing one like of them it. now, though. Yeah, this is this is the your, your wheel sucks. sucks. So if you've ever seen Half Baked, pay attention to the MacGyver smoker, and you'll see this shirt and see where I got the idea from. Uh, it's a lot of influence, you know. A lot got of got one of the hats on too. A lot of the things that have, have uh, inspired me through the years. And I'm, I give I'm a not shout wearing out to that. everywhere gear today. Good. I'm wearing the. This is my the, the colorist guild that I'm part of. This is our shirt. I'm not really too into the matchies thing anyway, so it works out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for stopping by. That is the last of the plug for your stuff, our stuff. Um, we'll hang out again soon. Later. And if you guys are listening on audio platform, please head over to the respective Spotify, Apple, whatever you're listening to, and give us five stars if you can. Leave a little review if you, if you know how to do that. Uh, if you're subscribed on YouTube or not subscribed, please subscribe now. Uh, that's my last little pitch. Thank you so much for watching to the end slash listening to the end. And we'll see you on the next one. Wait, can I say it? Like and subscribe. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't really have a sign off on this. <laughs> I, on YouTube, I say uh, keep, uh, keep riding, never stop. Oh, there you go. All right.